It's showtime. Okay, Tokyo, South America, Australia, France, Germany, UK, Africa. Here we go. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. We go off and running on a very special day, this 24th day of October 2023. This is The Horn, live. It's where you'll find us on the interweb, too. That's where you go if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza. It is The Horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday. 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, all time zones in between, and the Great Globe Round. And where if you pop into the, well, the aforementioned Mary Wacky, Zany, Reed, etc., you'll be greeted by Too Much Hutch and Squeaky and, well, me, because I'm the one I'm moderating. Uh, apparently, uh, Horn, Chief Agronomist, Chief Mathematician, and uh, Bud, Bud Trimmer Pro Tempora... Roger in Oregon is trimming buds, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, too much touch. It, it, well, Roger just posted a photo of a great big bin of buds, and uh, too much touch said, uh, smells funky in here. I'll bet. I remember one time walking uh, in evening uh, down a street in the uh, Lower East Side, Manhattan, for some reason was videoing me and I looked up and went I didn't know they had skunks in New York City somebody was you know torching up a number yeah anyway hi I'm Robin and uh, it is Titanic Tuesday on the horn and we have Titanic Tuesday fun to be had we do we do and uh uh, well, uh, by the way, if you are a listener to the podcast, thank you for being a part of this little community that way. Uh, it's really special. Thank you so much. And please like and subscribe to the podcast. Maybe subscribe on a couple of different platforms, uh, simply because sometimes their software doesn't pick up the feed quite as fast. So if you're subscribed to, like, Podbean and Spotify or Apple Podcasts and uh, Podbean or whatever, uh, you'll for sure get the notification when the program goes up. But if you're so inclined, please leave a 
comment for the lonely algorithms. Yeah. And uh, again, whether you listen live or whether you listen in delay, or, you know, in Timbuktu for that matter, or Kalamazoo, thank you for being part of this remarkable little community that y'all have built over the course of these many years. I said it's a special day, and it is, and we'll get into that in a second, but every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. So, consequently, we say thank you to our 24th day of the month subscribers. That means thank you to Josh, and thank you to Samson, and thank you uh, toward the end of the day yesterday to David in Oregon for jumping in. Uh, that means that, uh, let's see, I'm trying to figure out what, where we left off. Okay, yeah. Um, so we've got around uh, 16.99 to go to finish fundraising. And I, I need to offer up a correction. I screwed up last night. Uh, our buddy TJ in Des Moines wanted to put forth the clean up the ketchup challenge. And we got, uh, oh, goodness me. Uh, yeah, we knocked, we knocked about $100 off of that. But the clean up the ketchup challenge, I mistakenly reported as 1000 it is a $500 challenge, and uh, so if that, and, and like I said, we knocked, we knocked $100 off of that, so about $400 to go on that challenge, and if met, that would then take our fundraising goal down to um, around $700. Of course, we're still trying to finish the month, so... Um, if anybody would like to jump in on the challenge, it would be uh, profoundly appreciated. Yeah. Um, let's see. A little, little bit of housekeeping to do here. Like I said, it's t Titanic Tuesday, and that means that we have the Green News Report at some point in the program. Well, let me see if the stream is still streaming. Yeah, we're still streaming. Uh, Randy Radar tells me there was a, a three-second glitch in the stream. <laughs> uh, that drum loop, Matt in San Francisco says, one of these days your drummer's going to quit on the spot. <laughs> uh, so far, so good. But that can be a... Uh, well, that can be a little bit overly optimistic like the guy who said that passing the 40th floor of the Empire State Building going in the wrong direction. At any rate, though, this is a... Well, I mean, it's a modestly momentous day. It's been on my mind all day long. Because on this day, 18 years ago... October the 24th, 2005, this program went live for the first time 
as a standalone internet broadcast. In uh, October of 2005, um, Margie was an 11-year-old. Ferg was coming up on 10. 2005, Doodle uh, was an 8-year-old. And this house was teeming with activity. Eighteen years later, it is me, uh, my ex-wife Annette, four cats, a bird. The bird is not ours. We're just we're we're, we're uh, fostering the bird until we take it down to Tennessee. It's Fergan, my daughter-in-law's, and a a a. a, a Great big, not quite two-year-old golden retriever. His name is Shadow, but uh, I, I was looking at him earlier today, and I remembered somebody that uh, my father talked about back in back in the day when he was still with us. He, of course, had been a Second World War Navy veteran, and um, they uh, had taken liberty in New Zealand, and they'd taken liberty in Australia, and there was some story. I think it was out of New Zealand uh, about a a, a a guy aboard uh, one of the ships that they ran across. Handsome Airy with the Auburn air. And uh, for some reason, I heard my dad's voice when I looked at uh, the dog, you know, Golden Retriever. Handsome yeah. Airy with the Auburn air. He's also uh, picked up another nickname. Mr. Golden Hair, we're working on the lyrics, believe me. He's he's a beautiful doggy, and I'm completely besotted. Um, uh, Lee in New York asking, uh, Roger in Oregon, are you sure he's not the latest candidate for Speaker of the House? Oh! That's cowbell worthy to get us started. I, you know what? Will the next candidate for Speaker of the House please stand up? Please stand up. Please stand up. We'll be getting into that later. It, oh, the mad, the madness and the merriment. Yeah, I, I realize the uh, Friday on the front porch link is still at the top of the page. Thanks for letting me know, Steve. Um, it is, in fact, Titanic Tuesday. And I don't know that the button does much right now because nobody's got a Friday on the front porch, cat group open. But, yeah, this it's been much on my mind today. When this program went live on October the 24th, 2005, Air America was still a going concern. George W. Bush was still in the midst of of the reign of error, in fact, he had just, he was still within the first year of his second misbegotten term. The Iraq War was two years old, wasn't quite, well, yeah, about two years old. And most of us, most of us, those of us who were saying, yeah, this is going to be a quagmire, 
in the desert. I know you don't usually get quagmires in the desert. You get them in jungles and swampy places. But, well, W is such a screw-up. He will figure out a way. It, yes. And I think by that time in 2005, uh, they, the, the, uh, the loyal Bushies had long since uh, begun to say, well, we can't cut and run. And, of course, I was considerably different back then, too. And so 18 years have gone past. There had been a little space of time from July to October uh, where I was positively beside myself because I was no longer on the air. I'd started out at, in the uh, America's fifth smallest radio market, Beckley, West Virginia. And I had fearlessly criticized the ongoing destruction of southern West Virginia by the coal industry. And with, with particular focus on Massey Energy. Which, by the way, no longer exists, but this network does. Ha! She who laughs last. No, it has since transmogrified into various and sundry spin-off corporations, because that's how the coal industry works. They strip the land and they strip the profits. And then they play uh, bankruptcy baloney and create another phony baloney corporation. In 2005, my hero Judy Bonds was still alive. My dad was still alive. So was my marriage. Uh, a lot of... A lot of, lot of water under the bridge, over the dam, whatnot since then. But some things have remained the same. Whether they were loyal bushies or would later become teabaggers and would later morph into maggots, Republicans is Republicans is Republicans is Republicans, with all due apologies to Gertrude Stein. Well, thank you. An anonymous, a kind, anonymous internet friend has said, I pledge $10 per year for your anniversary. And so, thank you very kindly, kind internet uh, anonymous friend. That's a significant help toward the uh, challenge that's currently on the table and our effort to stay away from the dreaded $2,000 mark. Thank you so very much. Um, What's that, Lee? Lee says, give yourself a cowbell for the anniversary. FYI, 18 in Hebrew is chai, chai, chai. Oh, as in l'chaim. Sure, okay. Uh, the toast l'chaim means to life, because chai means life. Ring that bell. I will. Thank you, Lee. Thank you very kindly. 18 is high. Good. That's just, that that works out very nicely. And uh, sincerely, thank you, kind internet friend, for doing that. That means we've got, we're, we're down to, uh, let's see, 
220 to go on the clean up the ketchup challenge with uh, $10 for every year of broadcasting we've had so far. Thank you. Thank you so much. Matt in San Francisco says, uh, Bush, it would have been nice if he had discovered his love of painting earlier in life and spared the rest of us from the reign of error. True that. But then again, consider there was another guy who did discover painting earlier in life, found out he really sucked at it, And in many senses, we are still dealing with the consequences of that today. I think you could say that the consequences of that are being, are are, falling on apartment buildings in Gaza, even as we speak. Blitzkrieg is Blitzkrieg is Blitzkrieg. Again with the Gertrude Stein. Um, What's that? Uh, I, I thought I thought maybe uh, uh, Brother Bishop Steve had popped in. Brother Deacon AC sent the word Steve. Oh, oh, that yeah, that meant the the, the scream was working. Okay, yes. Sorry, a little slow, a little slow. And really, by, by the way, I'm really proud of myself. I did something I've been needing to do. Started going back to the gym today. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm hoping that's going to become a habit or a hobbit. Don't care. But it seemed like an auspicious day like this would be a good day to do that. Uh, note coming in, a couple of notes actually, based on what happened, based on yesterday's program uh, from our pal Cynthia in the Bay Area. Subject line: I murdered a spider and killed it off because yesterday started with the spider story. Cynthia said, "I went on my long six-mile walk yesterday. It's got to be beautiful. I know it's beautiful." And so I'm catching your show after the fact, but I noticed you had a scary spider story, and so I had to confess to my own. To be sure, I usually rescue spiders in my house and safely release them outside. But in this case, the spider was already outside and had built its web at the front of, foot of my front door. And it wasn't just any spider. It was a great big brown widow, which is venomous, even if it doesn't inject as much as a black widow. Well, either way, I didn't want it catching a ride on my leg as I occasionally step outside at night, and I saw it because we had a power failure, and I went out with a flashlight. And there it was, at my foot, but fortunately not on it. You'll be proud of me, though, as I did not scream like a little girl. I stepped on it and killed it instead. Bad me, to be sure. I have a ton of these things outside around my house, and I usually leave them be. This one felt like a threat, so bad me. I killed it before it could murder me and kill me off. And follow-up, hell, says Cynthia. I, I, oh, and I killed a second spider, too. Hell, I, I've murdered and killed off two spiders in the past week. I am very bad. I might have tried to rescue this second spider, but I was butt-naked in my altogether and was drying myself off after my shower when I saw the thing on my bath towel. Ah! Okay, I didn't scream, but it did freak me out. And I killed it. Bad me. I, I, I think if there's a rule emerging from this, it is it lies in the fact that... Uh, Screaming or no, sometimes sometimes spider killing is unavoidable. It just is. And so, here we are on this 24th day of October 2018. 
2023, 18 years old, the horn is today. And we begin, more or less, where we've been, been beginning for the last three weeks. Because it's three weeks to the day today since the mutineers put the blindfold on Kevers McCarthy and said, get walking now, yar, and made, made Craven McCarthy walk the plank. And so it's another day, and another mole pops its head out of its hole to be whacked by his brother and sister, and there's probably some in there, non-binary siblings, Republicans. Today, it was Tom Emmer. Tom Emmer, great guy, just ask him, he'll tell you, was one of the only speaker candidates who actually voted to certify the 2020 election and didn't run around yelling fake election, voter fraud, election inter- interference, any of that, any of that horseshit. And so behind closed doors, yesterday evening, even as this broadcast was happening live, the Republicans met. And they put their pointy little heads together and you could hear the clanking. France, we come from France. And out of the nine, they decided that Tom Emmer was the guy. I mean, he's actually got some congressional experience as as compared to, say, the vast majority of the other assholes. And so for a minute or two there, Tom Emmer of Minnesota felt that warm thrill of confusion, that space cadet glow. And sallied forth into the morning. They were all set to have a a speaker balloting session. And so the Republican carcass met this morning behind closed doors and after their closed door meeting well this happened they got ready to fire up the House of Representatives people filed in Little, uh, nope, wrong button, Robin. Would you pray with me? God, our creator, our redeemer, and our... Uh, uh, Before we start praying, yeah. Uh, But, uh, little Patrick McHenry uh, mounted the rostrum. And... 
did the gavel thingy. To the House of Representatives. The House will come to order. The prayer will be offered by Chaplain Kiven. Would you pray with me? No, I, I won't. I'm, I'm not in the praying business, Rev. But I wanted to share this with you just by... Now, understand, okay, this is... Context is everything. Understand that in their double-secret probation meeting of uh, uh, Kappa Kappa Kappa, the Republicans, well, Tom Emmer went down in flames. Because some 26 Republicans said, nope, no fucking way, I'm voting for you, bub. Ain't gonna happen. And uh, Southern Line Speaker Matt in San Francisco says, since every day brings a new contender for Republican Speaker, we can rest assured they will pick one in another 213 days. It, yeah. <laughs> okay, cowbell for Brendan. Uh, arachnicidal maniacs. Hello, Robin. This <laughs> is Brendan. Jeez, we can title today's anniversary show as the 18th anniversary show with Robin and her merry band arachn- of arachnicidal maniacs. Peace, lady. Peace, Brendan. That's quality. That was cowbell worthy. Uh, thank you to Baltimore Bob. Uh, jumping into the clean up the ketchup challenge and getting us down below the two hundred dollar mark to uh, one seventy, one seventy to go on TJ's clean up the ketchup challenge. That's huge. Thank you so much, Bob. Uh, thanks for chiming in from Charm City. Chiming Charm. See what I did there? Yeah. National Bohemian beer. From the land of, what is it, uh, Matty Bo, from the land of, uh, come on, their, their, their slogan, I was, uh, my friend Lewis, who runs Secret Sandwich Society, posted one of their early 1960s ads, not from the land of gracious living, anyway, somebody will know, so with, uh, uh, and by the way, uh, Irish Dave pointing out, Republicans have made no secret of their divisions. They openly refer to their various factions as the five families, a reference to warring mafia crime families. Yeah, but none of them are competent. <laughs> Derp. Uh, too much Hutch saying, uh, must be mistress season in Washington, D.C. People, the 435 people with nothing to do but their interns. I, you know, I, I prefer to think it's 220, 221 people with nothing to do with their interns. We, we haven't, we haven't had a proper, uh, we haven't had a really, well, anything that actually involves a Democrat 
it usually doesn't get far enough to, it becomes a scandal before anybody's clothes come off. Well, that's true, Irish Dave. They do have them five family values. So anyway, to get back to, to get back to the story that begins all of this, everything fell apart. And then Preacher Lady, who is actually an, a, 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 an admiral in the Navy, gets up to offer the morning prayer. You know, it's usually, oh, God, grant us wisdom this here morning. Not today. Sounds a little like she maybe got a memo about where this all was actually going. Our Redeemer and our Sustainer. Let's start from the beginning. The prayer will be offered by Chaplain Kevin. Mm -hmm. Would you pray with me? No. God, our Creator, our Redeemer, and our Sustainer, as we return again this week to these chambers, we are keenly aware that we need also return to you. It is hard not to think that you have cast us off, rejecting us and our feeble attempts to lead ourselves. What? You, no doubt are angry with us, but we pray you will restore us. You have shaken the earth around us and torn it open. The wounds of our warring madness are painfully evident in Israel and Gaza, Ukraine, and too many other fractured places across the globe. Only you can heal the breaches of decency and democracy. You have shown us hardship. You have allowed us to endure desperate and dire moments. You have made us drink the wine of confusion. You have let us get drunk on the fruit of our own orchard. You alone can save us from the uncertainty that surround us. You alone can guide us through the disorder of these days. You alone can shed light in the darkness that seeks to overcome our spirits. We pray then that you would redeem us, lead us, and enrich us in your mercy. In your sovereign name we pray. Amen. Amen. Time out. i got to see if i got something handy here because I want to add to the prayer. Um, Not there. I don't know why I didn't clip that out years and years ago, but today we will read from the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Duck. But no, you have caused us to drink from, uh, to become drunk on the wine of confusion. You've made us think you've abandoned us. Well, you know, in light of the fact that there are a bunch of howling hypocrites who wouldn't recognize Yeshua, the brown-skinned Palestinian day laborer and semi-literate itinerant rabbi who wore a dress every day of their life, uh, the majority in that house, that may be the case, preach. But I thought that rather a unique prayer. Oh, Lord, we're screwed. Please unscrew us, Lord. And knowing that there are Christians and Muslims and Jews in the, in, in, in the, in, in the room, I think a Hindu or two. No calling on God's uh, little, little, little boy 
I'm sure it galls every right-wing Christian, evangelical, fundamentalist, amosexual in the in in the crowd. She ain't praying in the name of the in the name of Jesus. That's why it ain't working. Damn it! Y'all pray in the name of Jesus, you know. Let them heathens fend fend, fend for themselves. That's one of the most curious prayers I've ever heard at the beginning of a session, and I can't help wondering if the Admiral knew knew the shit show that had already transpired that early in the morning. So with the with 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 the uh, closing words from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Duck, she sauntered off. Feed us and enrich us in your mercy. In your sovereign name we pray. Amen. Amen. The chair has examined the journal of the last day's proceedings and announces to the House the approval thereof. Pursuant to Clause 1 of Rule 1, the journal stands approved. The Pledge of Allegiance will be led today uh, by the gentleman from Michigan, Mr. Tanadar. Now, and, and you know, because it doesn't matter what's going on. We got to we got to pledge allegiance. At Matt in San Francisco, preacher Downer, sheesh, she must be real fun at a party. This this is the wine of confusion. Cause I'm definitely confused. I've had a couple glasses. Oh yeah. I remember once upon a time there was a not particularly fancy wine, uh, but uh, they would they would keep it in stock at the uh, earliest manifestation manifestation of pies and pints in Fayetteville, and it was called California Conundrum. Maybe there needs to be a vine- maybe there needs to be a vineyard somewhere near D.C. that produces constitutional confusion, with a picture of uh, the right reverend there on the cover. Stephen, New York says, the chaplain, I was waiting for her to say, oh, and by the way, get rid of the transes because that's what you want, right? Yeah. Okay, so the land of gracious living, that's the motto of Yorba Linda, where I work, says Billable Rick. It's the land of pleasant living. National beer from the land of pleasant living. And in fact, this would have tickled, uh, it, it would have, it would have tickled uh, Scott in San Diego. Miss you, Scott, uh, to no end because the National Brewing Company actually hired Mel Blank to voice one of its cartoon characters for its little cartoon ads for what, by the time I got to uh, Harvard on the Mon back in the early 80s, was simply referred to as Natty Bow. There were two competing cheap beers back then. One was Natty Bow and the other was Chauffeur. Natty Bo was out of Baltimore and Chauffeur was out of Philly. Do I have that right? It's the cheapest shit in the refrigerator. We went through rather a bit of it. Wow, that and uh, icy light from Pittsburgh. It's the water. <laughs> Randy Radar says the only redeeming that's going on is a dime for a used bottle deposit, not valid in Washington, D.C. 
And, uh, well, thank you. Thank you, Kim. Kim in New York City. Happy 18th anniversary. Hi, my dear Robin. Thank you, Kim. I vividly remember the first time I heard your program. It was the day or a day before the execution of Saddam Hussein in December 2006. I believe I found you via White Rose Society, or maybe Make Them Accountable. Remember that website? That's how I found out about Mike Malloy, too. Holy cow, Make Them Accountable. Uh, did you, do you remember the other another website? Do you remember uh, WD40.com? Those were three wacky guys who put together, a, a, aggregated the news every day. And just love them to pieces. Anyway, says Kim, I remember hearing your resonant voice and southern accent, and then I believe you started talking about something having to do with ancient Rome. (laughs) And then the conversation turned to Saddam Hussein and your revulsion at our, the United States' thirst for blood, as demonstrated by his execution at our hands. I was mesmerized. A southern man with a sonorous voice who's extremely knowledgeable about Ancient Rome, a passion of mine as well, knows Latin and is a progressive with a strong moral backbone. I'm in love. And so it began. I can't really articulate how much you've meant to me throughout the years. You may not remember, but you played Here Comes the Sun for my then-husband and me, my then-husband-to-be, Matthew, at my request. He was also a rabid, loyal listener. The night before our wedding in 2013, Kim, I have never forgotten that. And you responded with compassion when I wrote you to tell you that he had passed away in 2016. Since then, you have been an anchor for me and helped survive the overwhelming grief that I felt and still feel. It's not too dramatic to say that my life would have been much less bearable without you. So here's to another 18 years and beyond, Robin. I thank you for everything you've given to me and the rest of the Horn family. Love you, Kim in New York. Oh, Kim, I love you too. I'm so glad you're part of this community. And I remember the picture you sent me of you and Matthew. I remember playing Here Comes the Sun. And I just remember the overwhelming sense of grief that I felt when you told me that he had passed. I'm so glad you're a part of this family. I'm grateful that you're a part of this family. At Darlene in Connecticut said... Uh, Let's get us to 20 years at minimum. Congratulations on 18 years, Robin. Well, and and that's the thing. Like I said, there was a there was like a three month hiatus after I got run off the air in Beckley by the coal industry. And I think the insurance industry might have been involved as well. Something about me mentioning uh, you're not in good hands with the all snake, and Snake Farm is not a good neighbor. Funny thing was, I doubled that station's ratings in a year. Which may have been part of it, too. Because it was supposed to lose money. Uh, so we'll be, we will be 20. And we started streaming immediately. Uh, there are some people who were there for that. Uh, I think David in South Carolina, Stan, uh, Tom and Sunny San Rafael, uh, Brother Bishop Steve from Georgia, Stan. So Darlene says, let's get to 20 years at minimum. I found your program shortly after Air America dissolved. 
So I don't know how many years that translates into being a loyal listener. I think it took me six years to make my first call into the show. Then I waited another six years to call in again. Now you can't get me to shut up. Ergo, I haven't looked back. Oh, gosh, my heart aches when I hear about people killing spiders. Spiders often just run the other way, even if they come at you like Patty the Patterson spider who lives in my home. Patterson spiders are typical non-web-making house spiders. It's only because she's attempting to run under my power chair to seek cover. She doesn't realize that my power chair could squish her. How do you like my creativity, Patty the Patterson spider? You're awesome. You're, you're, you're awesome at naming your critters, Darlene. And, 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 you know, I, I feel a particular affinity for jumping spiders, little tiny, little, little tiny people. And, and they will, you know, they'll sit on your finger and you look at them and they look at you. And I had one living in the door handle for a while and uh, she raised a family. She used to ride up to the Piggly Wiggly with me and back on my driver's side window. And I'm like, hang on, sweetie. And she just, I mean wind blowing back her little tiny spider hair. No, I loved it. Yeah. No, no, no. This is Darlene. No spider killing. Spider killing is always avoidable. Always. No more please. Only spider sisters allowed here. Most of those big spiders are girls, by the way. I know. And that's why I felt so bad. The first... And, and, and you know, she... I don't want to get to... But where she was was... Very close to my face. And I would hate to think that she would have gone exploring somewhere, you know? And so I I shook her away, and then she came back up my right arm. I feel terrible. And I do know they're girls. And, I don't know, Darlene continues, I don't know if you realize this, but the U.S. is spelt the same as us. Did you know that? That United States equals us, us, you and me, us. Oh, my God, the former guy just noticed this recently and enlightened the rest of us, his subjects. Damn, not only is he handsome, but brilliant, too. Wow. Yeah, and the presumptuousness of Chaplain Maggie Grun-Kibben. Really? I cringe whenever she asks me to pray with her. I wonder if she noticed that U.S. equals us. Surprised the ultra-maggots kept her as house chaplain. Ain't she a woman? Just asking. All over the map today, says Darlene. (laughs) Right, because a a, a woman ain't supposed to have no authority over men. That's what it says right there in the book. And and, and she's supposed to cover her sinful hair up when she's she's out and about. and, 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 And if she's got any questions, she's supposed to wait till she gets home and ask her husband. And that whole us equals it. I heard the clip, and it's just, no. Again, if your crazy old Uncle Maga did that, he wouldn't make it to the Thanksgiving crazy uncle table. He'd be getting that man, woman, person, camera, TV test. Uh, no, I don't know anything about that, Randy Radar. Um, uh, 
Emilio says, 18? Woohoo! Show's old enough to vote. Corporations and other entities can vote, right? <laughs> but not old enough to drink. Old enough to sign up in the military. Ha ha! I second the cowbell, says Jack. I loved hearing you then started talking about ancient Rome uh, in the note you were reading about times back then from Kim in New York. So, Kim, you get a second cowbell, dear. Um, and uh, Randy Radar pointing out that the Social Security COLA cost of living adjustment is three and a quarter percent for 2024, despite inflation being well over seven percent for 2023. Got some catching up to do. Randy, Randy also noting Trump is aging like Dick Clark on one rocking New Year's Eve. God, I remember one that was coming up on New Year's, Sandra. And I just broke up in paroxysms of laughter talking about the 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 absolute embalmed status of one of Dick Clark's last New Year's Rock and Eve performances. Okay, Billable Rick says, 18th anniversary horn challenge. Robin, in honor of the 18th anniversary of the online version of the horn, pledging $18, which can be applied to any extant challenge, to be doubled to 36 when matched by another listener. And so that, um, we got down to 170. That would get us down to One sixteen. If somebody will match Billable Rick's eighteen dollars, so thank you, Billable Rick. Thank you, Billable. But and 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 that's the that's one of the, that's one of the more inter, the more beautiful things. This community has largely stuck together. Some have gone on. Others, um, well. The Great Purity Wars of 2016 were hard. They were just hard. Uh, it got brutal here. It got brutal at the Malloy program. Uh, I think it got brutal all over progressive radio. And uh, to a certain extent, I think, I, 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 well, some people went away and stayed away. I could start ticking off... Um, People I remembered that I stopped hearing from. But I'm not going to do that. Still worried about Ron and Raleigh. And he didn't have a Facebook page or anything. So um, if anybody if anybody had personal contact with Ron, uh, I, I'd, I'd, I'd like to know he's okay one way or the other. Uh, because he would be having an absolute conniption. And I hope he is over what's going on in the Middle East. I, but uh, let's back up a minute and hear that one last time. The ignominious, the ignominious end to today's uh, congressional session. Amen. Amen. 
The chair has examined the journal of the last day's proceedings and announces to the House the approval thereof. Pursuant to Clause 1 of Rule 1, the journal stands approved. The Pledge of Allegiance will be led today uh, by the gentleman from Michigan, Mr. Tanadar. Yeah, here we go. If you can't tell, there's not too many people in there. Pursuant to Clause 12A of Rule 1, the Chair declares the House in recess subject to the call of the Chair. And we're done. That's it. No more business. Because they can't do any business. Because they're... Uh, well, they're 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 stymied. <laughs> it was it's like uh, who was it? Michael McCall of Texas, who finally either gave the game away in the pages of the Washington Post, or suddenly had his road to Damascus moment. Huh, it's a we're in a virtual shutdown. Oh, my beamish boy. Yeah, I know Kim. Kim in New York says, uh, how is it we're in 2023 and they're still praying and pledging of allegiance going on in the House of Representatives? Beats, but I don't, Puritanism. Puritanism. Actually, it's jingoism. It's the same way that under God got added to the Pledge of Allegiance during the Red Scare of the 50s. The same way that in God we trust became the national motto when we were absolutely filthy with national mottos uh, from the very beginning. Things like uh, Novus Ordo Seclorum, A New Order of the Ages, or A Pluribus Unum, Out of Many, One, or even Anuit Coeptus, no, we had to have a good we had to have a good King Jamesian English motto. In God we trust. You know, just as a matter of common decency, I think we could at least amend the motto from in God we trust to in a God we trust. Because I'm pretty sure that even in Congress and certainly in Life writ large in the United States, there is not consensus on who or even what God is or are. But here we are, you know, giving lip service. To, oh, hush, Robin. But yeah, Kim, I, Kim, I'm right there with you. Uh, Billable Rick, Ralph's just jumped in and met your challenge. So we are now down to um, $116 to go on TJ's Clean Up the Ketchup Challenge. And hopefully maybe we'll knock that out this evening. Thank you, Ralphs. Thank you always, Ralphs. Uh, Jack in Shreveport with a note. House speaker seekers and thinking of a 2005 era America-ish time. I'll dispense with describing all my thoughts on what I've heard and pondered upon related to topics on the subject line of this email, with one exception, Jack says. A few minutes ago, I finally heard some comments on Nicole Wallace's show about Louisiana's Mike Johnson. 
who still remains in the running for House Speaker. My limited skill in wordcraft will simply describe him as a turd weasel, and Wallace Guest, uh, Mike, David, Jolly, listed three or four of the scumbag categories and activities he's been involved in MAGA-wise. He's way similar, uh, uh, way slimier, I'm sorry. He's way slimier than the Jesus-loving, let's-be-civil-about-things image that so many Louisiana voters fall for. Ick. Have they had another meeting? After the gavel fell earlier this morning, I was like, whatever, and went about my business. Because, see, once that gavel fell, you know, they don't always have to have a floor session. But usually, you know, when the government's open for business, when the House is open for business, there will be committee hearings taking place. You know, maybe a committee hearing on the weaponization of the government uh, featuring uh, Jim Jacket off Jordan. Perhaps at this point in time just appearing in his, in his little wrestling leotard with the with the Ohio State University Buckeye on it or whatever. But not now. The Senate can pass bill after bill after bill, but the, the bill has nowhere to go because the House is shut down. And so it is that I saw yet another, again, uh, somebody kill the fatted calf because the light has gone on once again. The Washington Post today with a headline. So proud of them. Republicans can't open the House, which could shut down the government. Now, the reporters on the story are Jacob Boggage and Jeff Stein. We don't know who the copy editor was who wrote that uh, headline from the Department of Obviousness Department. Now in breaking news. Republicans can't open the House, which could shut down the government. You see now, maybe, maybe that's why this program has lasted as long as it has. Maybe that's why this community has been so cohesive. Because we get stuff right before the gazillionaires and millionaires and the multimillionaire for-profit media even think it's appropriate to tell the rubes. The repeated failures by House Republicans to elect a new speaker are making the federal government more likely to shut down next month as the GOP's weeks-long internal dysfunction threatens to delay vital legislation. The House has been mostly closed for business since October 3, when a band of far-right rebels... Really? Do I have to do this? I think I have to do this. When a band of far-right rebels, you know what I'm doing, right? 
I know you know what I'm doing. This just comes in handy time and time and time again. Yeah. My darling Chlamydia Jean. The house has been mostly closed for business since October 3rd, when a band of far-right rebels ousted then-speaker Kevin McCarthy, or Bakersfield. You don't know me, but you don't like me. You couldn't care less how I feel. Republicans since have not coalesced around a replacement, running through multiple options like Stonewall Jackson through commissary banks in the Blue Ridge Valley, without electing anyone, without a speaker, lawmakers can't bring bills to the floor. On Tuesday, House Republicans chose representing Tom Emmer, the Minnesota stand, as their next speaker nominee. It is not clear if Emmer will receive enough support in a vote of the full House Chamber Chlamydia Gene to become Speaker. But he now has a chance of breaking the logjam. Policy discussions have ground to a halt. Please tell the children how much I love them. Even as war has broken out in Israel and federal funding is weeks away from spiring, Congress has until November 17 to approve a deal to fund the government or members of the military risk missing paychecks and hardtack and johnny cakes. National parks will close and the Internal Revenue Service will run shoestring operations. The troops, Chlamydia Jean, could certainly use new shoestrings. It's a high-stakes tussle for the GOP, darling, which has crowed in recent weeks over polling data that reported voters trusted congressional Republicans rather than President Biden on economic policy. Those poll respondents, my beloved, were largely drunk on stump liquor and, and MAGA juice. And the longer the Republicans dawdle, the less time the party will have to avoid a government shutdown for which most GOP members concede they will likely bear the blame. But Craven McCarthy, my sweetheart, Craven McCarthy still says it's all the Democrats' fault and that the squad made Matt Gates file that their petition to vacate. Pray for me, my bride. I do not know if I will return home, for it is getting ugly here in the House of Representing. Ugly indeed. And Matt Gates is beginning to have that lean and hungry look, having long since boiled all the last of his shoe leather and run plumb out of Red Bull and Viagra. 
forever yours, my sugar. You're adoring Tom Emmer. XO, XO, XO. That just always comes in handy. I'm so sorry. But here we are. And there, and remember, remember, they're going on the recess. <sighs> Come Friday. And they won't be back till the second week of November. And apparently, the simpletons in the multimillionaire for-profit media haven't figured out that this is on purpose. If someone in the uh, Horn Ad Hoc Research Department would be so kind, I should like to be reminded of what the vote tally was and how it broke out along party lines for the continuing resolution that has the government open right now. Because as I recall, it was all of the Democrats and just not that many Republicans. So the Republicans who voted no on that continuing resolution by definition, wanted to shut the government down. In the first place. Behold... We stand at the door and knock, y'all. Isn't it wild knowing, knowing shit that, that the Washington Post won't even tell its high and mighty hoity-toity listeners? I find that absolutely fascinating and kind of exciting. We know something they don't know, doo-dah, doo-dah. No singing, Robin. We're deep in a hole. But we do. They want the government to shut down. Because in their Swiss-cheesed-by-spirochete minds, they're telling themselves, we'll just blame the Democrats. We'll say Rashida Tlaib done it. Although I did notice a sign earlier today. that at least some people aren't playing along. Ali Vitale, reporting from inside the halls of Congress, having just uh, listened to the stylings of Craven McCarthy, man with the spine of silly putty, whom one gets the notion is still waiting for the carcass to uh, call him back, said, well, Kevin McCarthy keeps saying it's the Democrats' fault, but 
Nobody really believes that, and privately, some Republicans have told me that if the shoe were on the other foot, they certainly would not have voted to save Nancy Pelosi. Hell, if, if Nancy Pelosi was drowning, they would throw her an anvil. But, you know, here we are. Yeah, the Senate can approve judges, right. That's That was the constitutional bargain back in 1787. The House would get the purse strings, and the Senate would get to confirm judges and ambassadors and approve treaties. Uh, Lee in New York says, in God we trust. Stop it, Robin. The MAGA politicians will have to demand that the replacement be in Trump we trust. Oh, don't send me down that road, because we've already had the conversation about how just as Caesar, hi Steve, was just a backbench, backwater patrician name, that by the time all was said and done, the name echoes all the way down to the present. Tsar, Tsar. Kaiser, still around. And so maybe in a thousand years, whoever's leading the uh, world will probably, I don't know, maybe if, if, if he's not stopped now and imprisoned, indict, convict, imprison leader of the free world, or some, well, no, the leader of the world will maybe called the Trump. Um, Repiglicons and the pledge, Cynthia says, I trust in dog. Smiley. And the pigs pledge their allegiance to their version of a jingoistic flag and not the country or the constitution. Need I say more? I think you said, you said a lot. And I think you're right, Cynthia. Uh, Frank, out in Iowa, says, uh, why do we pledge to our flag instead of our Constitution? We pledge allegiance to the flag out of what Cynthia just said, jingoism. The Pledge of Allegiance was originally written by a Baptist minister in Massachusetts in the late 19, late 1800s who was also a socialist. And under God was not in the text. Some faiths will not pledge allegiance to the flag. In fact, uh, I think it was... West Virginia, who tried to force Jehovah's Witnesses to do it. And they said, nope. And it wound up in the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court said, Mm-mm, no, you cannot compel political speech. Haven't we just come a long way? Flavio says, happy 18th birthday to the horn. Wish I had a little caraway seed infused Danish aquavit to celebrate. Remember I told you a Danish hallmate in France, Pear, 
that first introduced me to that spirit when I was a student there back in 1988. I was reminded of the caraway seed when I got a loaf of Jewish seeded rye at the People's Food Co-op here in town. It makes for the best pastrami on rye. Oh, heavens, yes. But I have a little Polish vodka, wodka around, so I'll raise a toast to the Horns 18th. Cheers. Cheers to you. Prost. Skull. Kampai. Once upon a time, a dear friend of mine uh, had been to Poland and brought me back two bottles of Polish vodka. One was cherry-infused. The other was infused with something that translates over there as buffalo grass. It was a bottle of vodka with a single, looked like, straw of hay in it. And it gave that vodka the most intriguing flavor. Stuck it in the freezer and pulled it out every few months and had a little nip of it and made it last a very long time. So thank you for the thank you for the happy wishes. Mavio, much obliged. And by the way, going back to our arachnid story. Uh, an unpaid product placement from Nidia. There are many bug vacuums available now which allow you to humanely suck up the spider in a tube and then take it outside. It's my favorite home device. I think I'll need two. I'll need one for just general getting at, but after Saturday night, Sunday morning, I'll need one right there in the bedroom, too. I'll have to look for one of those, Nidia. Thank you. Uh, and, uh, uh, oh, there's Reverbo. Yes, Natty Bow, pretty crappy but cheap, much like another cheapo called American beer, both of which associated with the Balmer Orioles in the 1960s. Remember, I grew up in Balmer, so I know these things. You can still buy national beer. Actually, more of a phonetic mid-Atlantic spelling would be Balmer. 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 And I learned that years and years and years ago in uh, uh, in college. I had a friend. His name was Chip. And he was from Balmer and taught me to say Balmer and not Baltimore like some hillbilly. And he also taught me to say, I want to go get a mess of crabs, not I want to. I want to eat crab. It's crabs uh, unless you're eating only one, which is kind of the opposite of grits. It's grits if there's only one. It's always fun down south to think, uh, could I have a grit, please? Great to hear from you, Roberto, especially today. And uh, Micah says, uh, okay, it's dark night, so I won't hear this whole program, but I need to hear the rest of that story. I found you from Mike Malloy when he was on Air America. Oh, how long it's been. Some of us came back, and <laughs> I love this. Some of us came back, and it wasn't because of the purity wars, LOL. I know, Seth. So we are into the second hour of the program. 
$116 away from meeting TJ's clean up the ketchup challenge. And I've got, I got stuff in the stack. Darlene just sent me some breaking news. Mark Meadows has been granted immunity. Tells Jack Smith he warned Trump about 2020 claim, claims. It's ABC News citing sources. Meadows said Trump was dishonest on election night, according to those sources. Oh, my goodness. And, of course, Jenna Ellis crawled out from under the bus today. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Keep those maggots rolling. Keep those maggots rolling. Vote fraud. No singing, Robin. I, I, I don't I don't understand. It's a thing. I'm sorry. And so she 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 actually put, asked the court to give her permission to make a brief statement in open court, saying that she wished she'd done her own research more, and that she relied upon people who, with more senior experience, she felt she could trust. Rudy Giuliani, prison courtesy phone. Rudy Giuliani, prison courtesy phone. And by the way, uh, Randy Radar asks, is Rolling Rock beer still around? Yes, from the glass-lined tanks of Old Latrine. 33. On spiders, because, because this is a thing this evening. Cynthia says, it gives me no pleasure to murder them and kill them off. They're valuable critters in the ecosystem, and indeed, I try not to kill any bug, not even a fly. If I can get out, get it out of the house, sometimes you just can't help it, and so those rare cases when I do kill them, bad me. I know, look, I'm, I've been guilt-tripping for four days now. I just, what was that about? Why did she have to come back? It all would have been good. I wasn't in the best frame of mind. It's terrible to think she may have been trying to comfort me. Uh, so let's uh, let's run over to the stress line, shall we? Hey, welcome to the program. Rod. Todd. Happy anniversary. Thank you. 18. Thank you. Rolling Rock. Rolling Rock ain't never going nowhere. Are you kidding? No. Are you, that is the best uh, liquor chasing beer ever. Are you retrobe, man? Come on. Really? It's, it's, it's great. better than Pat. It's mean, good liquor chasing beer? Shut up. You know. <laughs> All right. I often state the obvious. I know I do. I do. But I guess, you know, maybe it's not available. I never thought of it in that um, regard. It's just, I mean, it's a, you know, it's a light beer. It's not challenging. Uh, you know, Pat, Pat's is Pat's, is Pat, but, you know, Roll Rock. Come on. Roll Rock. Mm. You know, 
just don't even start with the wrong rock because you know I'm from PA. Now, come on. Latrobe, if you knew where that water came, see, it's about the water. Like, I don't know if they still make it there, but. They do. You know, those springs. That's, I mean, that's what, it says, on, oh, that's what well, it says on the bottle from the glass line tanks of old latrine. Well, it's better than Pabst. That's all I can say. I mean, Pabst is, you know, Pabst okay, is beer gonna, Now, now we're going to have the great Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania-Milwaukee beer wars. No. I mean, Pat, you know, Pat's is Pat's, but Rolling Rock, you know, Pennsylvania has that good, that good water, man. Come on. It's, it's just what it is. I mean, it's like, I mean, you got to remember that. Might, that not be, might, might, not, might not be as good as the, the water might not be as good as it used to be, Todd, now that, you know, because Pennsylvania has for a long time been the wild west of the fracking industry. Well, that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah, it is. See, you do have to go. I mean, you know, it is. And and I'm not going to dwell on that. But, I mean, my God, anyone who's ever seen that documentary. And first of all, it's just common sense. Gaslighting. How could you pump chemicals? In? Yes. 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 Which is why so many people are upset about these oil pipelines going across our aquifers. And don't get me off on a tangent on that, please. That, I mean, I, damn, I if we don't have no water, come on. Did you ever think we'd be paying a dollar a gallon for, for potable water? You're, you're only paying a dollar? Oh, yeah. Well, no. <laughs> in plastic, in you plastic jars that are chock full of BPA, so, you know, there's that. Well, yeah, it's just, we never thought we'd be here. Apparently, Kevin Costner, you know, Waterworld, guess what? <laughs> oh, my God, I, I, I flashed on Waterworld a few days ago when uh, <laughs> I ran across a story uh, about the melting of the West Antarctic ice sheet, and it said, and scientists say there may not be a damn thing we can do about it. Really? And And, and, and that's when I immediately... Started thinking of you know Kevin Costner on a, like a, a, a Mad Max water ski, Mad Max uh, jet ski there. Yeah. I'm, I mean seriously, we're quickly approaching where potable water will be on par with gasoline in terms of, of uh, expenditure. Mm. So you know something to think about. But congratulations. Well, thank you. I'm kind of, you know, it, it does. It, it, I've been thinking about it all day. It kind of blows me away. And it would be, I would be remiss if, it and, if I did not know note that Boss Man Wayne made it all possible as a living memorial to his beloved Gina. And she has been remembered every night on this program for 18 years. Boss Man Wayne was a badass. I, see, I'm, I've been around. Still, is, yeah, still, he, he still, still is a badass. He's in hospice, but he's still a badass. Sorry. Thank you. Because I, I, I was concerned. I know he was having some heart issues, you know, some stroke, something going on. Um, wow. Well, so <laughs> it, it appears that, that the, you know, the media is finally catching up. A little bit yeah, to us, with, with a little old us. 
Okay, uh, Jehoshaphat, uh, here's your code word this evening. Tomorrow, 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 just look at Mika and say, Yar. We'll know when it, because they're pirates, they're mutineers. Matt Gates and the other uh, the other seven. Yar, just say yar, Joe. And we'll know. Yar, right? Right. What what took so long? That's what I'm trying to get at. Was, I mean, oh, yeah. you know, I, I think I think if, if I think if we're going to make some sort of good faith analysis of this, if you are used to the comings and goings and doings of Washington. You think that you assume, you know, based on the majority of the history of the government of the United States, that regardless of party, that there will always be enough people who are acting in good faith to get what needs doing done at a minimal level. And they've been assuming but they've been assuming that under under they've been assuming that uh, all through the nightmare years of Nitwit Nero. They assumed it they assumed it during the reign of error of Dim Leader. And it's just over. It's not a thing anymore. There, this this government is infiltrated. This government is infected by actual anti-government people who sit in a nominal majority. I mean, so Tom Emmer today, at least what was reported mm-hmm. out of their little closed-door voty-voty meeting this morning... The little what? Their little closed door votey vote vote meeting. Votey McVote vote. Little votey vote. Like, like, a little, little, little tea party voting event. Yeah, okay. Vote, vote, Go vote, ahead. Vote, yeah, I'm the last dodo. Vote dodo dodo. Vote dodo do. Um, they had, and, and Tom Emmer got fewer Republican votes than even the last ballot of Jim Jacket off Jordan. Because you see, he did a terrible thing. He voted for the continuing resolution that kept the government from shutting down. And that was enough to... Uh, that, that, wasn't, that, 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 that was enough to cost Kevers McCarthy his job, and that was enough to keep Tom Emmer from becoming Speaker. So answering the question um, that I asked earlier, how many Republicans voted in favor of the continuing resolution? One hundred and twenty-six, Todd. Ninety Republicans voted against the continuing resolution. Two hundred nine Democrats voted. Very close. Two hundred nine voted. Uh, Two hundred nine Democrats voted to keep the government open. Only 126 Republicans did. So what does that what does that tell you? What does that tell you about anybody anybody who wants to be Speaker of the House who's a Republican who wants to keep the government open? 
he ain't going to get the votes. What? Bueller? I mean, five on that particular now, vote, five, five Republicans did not vote. So that means a total of 120, 100, 121 out of uh, out of out of two hundred and twenty one Republicans. One hundred twenty six. Yeah, two. I'm sorry. Two. Yeah, two hundred and sixteen Republicans voted. Ninety of them said no to keeping the government open. Ninety. That means something. That means that if it's going to if it's going to if, if it's going to result in the shutdown, there were ninety Republicans who wanted to shut the government down. I presume that that means there are ninety. Can, who can you repeat still, that again? Can you repeat that number? Yeah, there were ninety Republicans who wanted to shut the government down. Uh, a little over three weeks ago, there were ninety Republicans who wanted to shut the government down. I presume those same 90 still want to shut the government down. And if they have a speaker, that means there may be some degree of work done on another continuing resolution to keep the government open, uh, provide funding to the Ukrainians who are actually fighting to preserve democracy, Uh, send some send some uh, uh, food and, and and fuel and whatever to Gaza, and more missiles and guns and bullets and bombs to Israel. But frankly, uh, th- those ninety don't much care. They want to shut the government down. Period, because they don't like government. They want a small government, and the smallest government is no government. They're getting exactly what they've always wanted. Yes. Yes. It's that this, fucking this, simple. This, this I mean, come on. Science. This ain't, uh, this, this ain't rocket not. surgery. Where's your... Where's your surgical cowbell? That one? Damn, Kinnear. Oh, that. Look, that was painful sound. Oh, my God. I'm not giving myself that much. I'm not giving myself a cowbell for rocket surgery. That's just ancient stupidity. But I think I haven't seen anybody on any of the multimillionaire for profit media that I've watched point out the fact that they really do want a shutdown. Now, they're getting close. You know, we heard Nicole Wallace, what, last week saying, maybe they don't want to re- They don't want to have a, an open government. And then... Uh, uh, she Mike was dancing around the corners. Yeah, Mike McCall from Texas yesterday in the Washington Post said, well, we're in a virtual shutdown. Aha! Holmes, oh. the game's afoot. A clue. You think? And, and, and once again, you know, um, you know, it's just it's just kind of disgusting. They can't. These fuckers get paid a lot of money to connect dots. Okay, I'm, I mean, I'm not hating on them, but I'm just saying, 
you know, you like your job. You got to get up early in the morning. I get it. You don't like working. Oh, you know, they lament, oh, this time we have to spend on the set. It's just too long. Uh, you know, well, if you don't like it, get the fuck out. Because, frankly, there's, there's business to do. People, people depend on folks like that to be informed. You know? Yeah. Because, and that's what I'm getting to, is the, the timeline. That's what I'm getting to. Because I'm quite sure you have in front of you, I'm quite sure, how many working days are left. Well, actually, we were we were miscalculating all along, Todd. And what I, what I mean by that is, I wasn't taking into account the fact that they're going on vacation. Hmm. They go on recess this Friday. The 27th of November, of October, rather, I'm sorry. And they do not come back to work until the second week of November. So they will maybe, uh, they'll probably, they'll probably have a floor session on the, you know, if they could find a speaker, on the 7th of November. And that gives them 7th, 8th, 9th, half a day on the 13th, 14th, 15th, 16th, government shuts down on the 17th. So that's essentially six and a half, tomorrow's seven and a half, Thursday's eight and a half, maybe a total of nine working days to get a speaker and pass a continuing resolution that includes aid for Ukraine, Gaza, and Israel. We say Israel here now uh, because we're, fo- we're following the uh, grammatical lead of uh, Miss Mika. I, and and Matt, Matt in San Francisco, yes, I agree. Subject line, vacation. You really shouldn't be able to take a vacation from getting nothing done. And see, part of the part of the mummery, part of the dumb show is that uh, I think one of the mutineers was out there grunting uh, yesterday or the day before. We ought to be keeping the good. We, we uh, 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 Patrick McHenry made, made a big mistake sending everybody home. We need to be staying here and working. In other words, pretending to do their phony baloney jobs and looking like they want to have an open government when it is abundantly obvious that they do not. No. You know, as to a shutdown. That's the whole point. As to a shutdown, Tom and Sonny San Rafael says, and after all, if there's no operational government, it should be easy to foment a coup. Oh mercy, Tom! You just took it to the you just took the next step. Coups is a lot easier when you ain't got a government. You think there's not one being out there being you, y'all? That, remember y'all? They're doing it again. I'm sure it's being planned. It's being oh. plotted. 
that, that's what you said early on. I mean, well, but well, yeah, that was a dry run. They're, they're mad they didn't work. I mean, mad. They're upset, and 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 the fact of the matter is that they're upset in public, and there's a whole lot of people that are still unconvinced and upset, and don't see a problem with, uh, you know, January sixth, and. You know, the young woman was murdered in her mind, murdered because, you know, she wasn't where she was supposed to be and engaging in illegal activities. But, you know, sorry, you shouldn't have been there. You know, why Why were you that deep? Like, at some point, it, oh, wait a minute. Let me say, you know, what? I'm not going to say your name, but you know who I'm talking about. Uh I would think. So I'm talking about actual Mavis. I'm sorry, you know, and people are saying she was murdered. Well, no, she wasn't. You know, she was an intruder. She was not murdered. She was an intruder shot trying to break into the Capitol. You know, and I was thinking about that today because, you know, why I was thinking about that? I was thinking about that because mm, I was thinking about what's going on in the Middle East. You know, when you're not where you're supposed to be in in Western law, now don't let me get too far adrift here, but you see what happens is that when you go to court, we have a group of people now who have bring, brought Western law to the East. And those those folks over there, they don't see things the way we do. You know, people in the East do not, they have a different lens. And we had to remember that. And when you travel abroad, remember that, you know, everyone is not American. You can't just walk around and swing your dick and be like, I'm big and big. You can't do that shit. Be humble. They do things differently than we do. You know, when, when you, if you're abroad and you go into a store and say, oh, it's very nice. You know, you, you just don't pay what it says. That's offensive. You you have to haggle. You have to try to speak the language. And see, I'm thinking, hey, honestly, this is it's like manifest destiny. That's what got those people in trouble over there. That manifest destiny kind of bullshit. But so you know, there's a lot of things going on. There are a lot of things going on at once. And we can't get ourselves together on purpose. See, this is intentional. That's the thing now. And I'm, I'm bringing it back. Because there are, I, I, you know, I dropped a lot on the table with, you know, it is a little upsetting. Because it's so obvious to me. And it just seems like it takes other you know, people to kind of on uptake. I'm like, whoa, okay. You now, you know, what we're dealing with now, these people, if they're not getting paid by uh, the access to evil, which it might be, I don't, I'm not willing to go, I haven't seen any evidence, I'm not willing to go there yet, but, I mean, why not? They're, you know, when you think about it, you know. Right. We had to be 
I mean, seriously, like, you know, we don't like, because, you know, it's funny because I was looking at some old Batman, you know, Batman from the 40s and Batman and Superman from the, like, before the war, right after the war, you know, World War II. Um, you know, people are out to get, people are out to get us. Because they just, they don't, once again, you know, Americans forget, you know, it's, it's a shame. Oh my God. I'm going to, I'm going to get off my tangent for one second. <laughs> You're fine. No, but I'm, I'm trying to put things in context here. You know, very few Americans, and that's it. There's only a sliver of Americans that are fortunate enough to be able to travel. I get you to travel the country, number one, because this country is, oh, this country is like a bunch of different countries all, you know, woven together by some laws. A lot of but, truth in there. Like, I'm a trans. What? Listen, I live in the deep south now. It, there's a different way I have to operate. I can't. You know, I can't live the way I used to live here. You know, I you know, just come to terms with that. You can't. I mean, you can. You can't get but no fried scrapple for love nor money. <laughs> Yo, don't know, don't nobody want that here no how. But you, but you can get shrimp and grits, and that's a pretty fair trade. You have to, you know, you have to, you know, respect where you are. And I got I got to tell you now there's another mm. southern, there's another southern thing we're not going we are not going to tangent off into food porn we are not going to do it I'm I'm a I'm a real you know try everything kind of girl uh -huh. but there is a there there is a dish and it's southern in nature and honestly Todd I can't I just can't because the two words when they are spoken together just make me want to... <laughs> and those two words are liver and mush. I can handle liver. Oh. I can handle corn uh, cornmeal mush. Liver mush, leave me. Leave me. That just sounds 17 kinds of wrong. I mean, I think if you put it in front of me, I'd try it. But it'd be one of those things where you like do it with your eyes closed and you know and, 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 and your nose pinched. You ever had it? I I yeah, I can't. I I, I yeah. It, I think it's it, I think it, it, I think it, 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 I think it's big up in North Kakalaki. No, that's a man. I don't like liver anyway, because they made me eat it when I was little and I never liked it. But they, that liver much is like a pate. It's basically a fried pate. But it's just, is that you know, what it is? It, I mean, I, I kind of. I mean, I love. Well, I love. I love great chopped liver from a from a good Jewish deli, with the schmaltz and everything. Mm -hmm. Is it like? Right. Is it like? Is it like? Is it like chopped liver that's had some cornmeal mush worked into it and fried up on a on a griddle? Is that what it is? That's what I think it is. It's like a patty that you fry up, isn't it? I, well, you can make it soft too. But it's just, you know, think about what a liver is. That's probably not what you need to be eating. That's why, I, even as, even when I was a little kid, 
Remember, I was Urkel, man. I was Urkel. I would pick. I was a vegetarian until I was thirteen. I could not. I was like, when this fucker was walking around, I'm not eating that. No. And then he said, probably this. We spent a lot of money on living. You have to eat. And I'm looking at where the veins came. I'll never forget oh, it. Oh, stop I mean, it. Stop it. Matt, oh, yeah, Matt, Matt just, I would, <laughs> Matt just, part, made, it, Matt I, just it, made it infinitely worse. <laughs> Liver mush. <laughs> Matt in San Francisco says, sounds like something that happens to alcoholics. Hmm, Matt. <laughs> All right. Like, why do you, well, like, why, uh, why, what makes you think? If, if there was anybody left working uh, working on dinner in the Eastern Daylight Time Zone, they pushed the plate back. The Central Daylight Time Zone just quit. And the Mountain Daylight Time Zone just you said, ain't, 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 quit. ain't even gonna. And God, Billable, I hope you're past your snack. <laughs> and you have been, yeah, wait, you, 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 have, you, have, you have been awarded a title. What happened? Uh, courtesy of Ralphs, the Horn Ad Hoc Re- uh, oh, Research Ralph. Department. Ralphs has awarded you the official title on this, the 18th anniversary of the founding of the Horn. Todd in South Carolina stand shall henceforward be known as Tangent Man. <laughs> Own it, dude. Own it. I love it. I love it. It's true. It's, I can't help it, man. I'm like, it's true. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. But that's, that's but see, that's the, a, yeah, that's that that, that that comes from a place of love, and that's that's how we operate here. That's what conversation radio is all about. It's not about the vertical conversation. <laughs> it's about the horizontal. It's about the wandering. It's not a, it's it, it, it's not it's not a ladder. It's a web. Oh, and we're back to the spider stuff again. God damn it! <laughs> I know everything spider. Oh my god. That's funny. Oh, uh, holy cow! Yeah, that. Uh, yeah, because I mean, we, it made me think about like when I was uh, when I had to save some money for college, and I worked, you know, I worked in that French restaurant. I was like nineteen. I was between nineteen and twenty-one, somewhere in there, and uh. And I was the fish person. I was third in charge. It was the chef, the sous chef, and then me. I was the fish person. Croissant. Because they were like, oh, you know, because I, I, you know, I like to cook. Croissant. That was a big deal, you know. Yeah. I was in charge of the line cook and everything else. And they said they showed me how to dress a whole fish and everything. And it, don't eat that. Like, when you get salmon, don't eat that dark meat. That's belly meat. That's 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 where, you know. like that's liver. Think what liver it processes all the impurities in your body. You don't want to be eating that. That's some nasty shit. Ew. Ew. Well, Ew. Same, same, th- same thing with cleaning a catfish. Ooh. Don't eat that mud stripe down on the bottom because <laughs> it tastes like mud. Right. Right, because they lay in the mud. It, and everything they eat gravity, is settled to the bottom. Exactly. And by really? the way, Randy you know, Randy Radar, Randy Randy Radar, who is uh, uh, in the um, uh, in Eastern PA, said Scrapple tastes like fried minced kidneys. Scrapple tastes like everything, Randy. Scrapple tastes like everything but the oink, because it's all in there. People love Scrapple. Oh, I, I like Scrapple. I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not averse to Scrapple. 
but you know what? You got to get it fresh and get it get, get it when you're in Pennsylvania and get the pepper set. It's mostly pig brain, most of it. I mean, they you know, and uh, nest bit. Uh, it starts with a hen. There's another brand. They're they're kind of. I mean, I grew I up can, eating that I, shit. I can, I, can, I can I can get it over at the food line down to Somersville. I have bought mm. it there. Really? Yeah, cut it and cut it in slices and fry it in a skillet. I like to fry it in yep. water. Oh yeah. Or bacon well, grease. Come on. Or bacon or, grease. You can't go wrong with no bacon. Ba- what is a bacon grease? Nothing sticks to bacon grease. I don't know what them pigs, man. I don't know what they excrete, but you can't. You, and don't say excrete mm. in the middle of food porn, Todd. Don't do that. So, you know, honestly, I, uh, things things are are happening fast in this world, and um, you know, I'm concerned that that uh, more Americans aren't aren't catching on to the fact that we have a whole gaggle of our lawmakers on the tape. I mean, it tells us what they're doing. In our face. Tucker Carlson. They, they, well, they're illiberal. Candidly, what I'm worried about, and a lot of a lot of a lot of the Horn Family Community Congregation listens to stuff that I don't listen to, because I try deliberately not to listen to other people's podcasts because I don't I don't want to do other people's shtick. But I am not aware of anybody. Who is saying what we're saying here? That this, that, that that this, that what's going on here is all just a fraud to make it look like they're trying to pick a speaker, but they actually want to shut down the government. Let me tell you why. The truth hurts. We're back to that. Facts and feelings. I've been thinking about this. I'm, I'm serious. That's what it comes down to. Because this is definitely not... Imagine, you've got to remember, these people are in... Remember, they, they have access to folks who are asking them questions. They're like, well... And you know, come on, man. I've, I've been... You and both of us, we've been... I've spent so much time in D.C. for work. Like, and it's... You know, this, the, D.C. And, and New York are interesting in that there's some type of uh, geospatial magnetism. There's a, like Paris has it too. There's an energy there, right? Like it comes up from the ground. There's an energy there. And, um, you know, DC is a nice place, man. It really is. But people get caught up in that and they, they forget, you know, they, they lose their logic somehow. Cause all the money. There's a lot, I mean, it's so much, it's just a wash of money. I mean, what, what are you going to do? It's just, that's where it is. Money's there. Well, nothing you can do about it. But that doesn't mean you have to lose your common sense. You know? And, and that's why I like David Korn, because he's like, yeah. But, but see, like you said, these people, they're so immersed. Because to me, and when I, you know, I, you know me, I'm a historian and a social scientist. So I see things through those lenses. And to me, it's like, well, okay. We have a whole group of people that have been thoroughly corrupted by, uh, you know, sources from who don't live here, from other countries. 
Russia, Iran, Brazil, India, probably. Who knows? You know, Modi ain't no, Modi ain't no, no you know, come on, Modi ain't that cool. I don't, you know. You so, know, it's, it's interesting. think about it's it. Interesting. See, these people got it's, it's interesting you mentioned Narendra Modi because uh, a friend of mine recommended to me uh, a, a series that can be found on Amazon Prime, unpaid, unpaid product placement. Uh, and it's called mm-hmm. Made in Heaven, and it's about wedding planners in Delhi. And if you are, mm-hmm. if you if you love great costuming, watch this. And it's quite scintillating, and they, and and it's fascinating in in the reg in the dialogue. They go back and forth between Hindi and English. Uh oh. And so I turned on the subtitles for the Hindi. But what, what what's you telling know, what's there, telling though there, is there's a lot know, of po- we think to be a star in Hollywood is the be all and end all, and we are so self centered in this country. You know, you talk about people not tra- not traveling. Yes. Uh, uh, I was yes. I was chatting earlier today with Steve in New York, and we were talking about you know if we could, uh, you know where would you go? And I'm like, well, first, mm-hmm. of, first of all, I would I would check off the box of you know driving across the United States because I read, I read Jack Kerouac's On the Road in 2000 in, uh, when I was 15 years old, and it has stayed with me oh. ever since. That's the, and and then there's uh, then there's the uh, uh, the passage in uh, All the King's Men by Robert Penn Warren where Jack Burden says sooner or later you get in a car and you start driving west. Because that is the nature of the American experience. That's some shit. And, I know. Yeah. That. 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 that yeah. 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 And yeah. so I want it's to do true. that. I want to do that. But you know, um, I was watching a documentary the other night on Japan, and it's like, oh God, I've, you know, because I've wanted to. Again, uh, I read the Dharma Bums when I was sixteen, and that mm. began my fascination with Chinese and Japanese poetry. And I just particularly want to see Japan, and, and, and Anthony Bourdain made that even more profound. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I had a month in Germany, and I could have, you know, I felt I felt like I could have I could have just stayed in Germany. I, I've never felt more. I could see you there. Well, we 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 went we went to an you. open air lake, and this, of course, was the before time. Uh, and it had been Change, a quarry, it had been a it had been a quarry or something. And the, just this crystal clear water and all these German families um, took a while getting used to the Speedos. Honestly, it did. But it's Europe, so, you know, because I, I had on a pair of board shorts, right? And Oh, yeah. Uh, Some Oakley, uh, uh, OPs? Um, were they? No, nah, I think they were Nikes. OP. Uh, mm. Maybe they were OP. They're, they're really cute. Fur owns them now. I have no use for them, uh, mm. but the funny I thing, OP because they were rugged. They left. But forever. The, the, the families mm. running all over. There was a little concession stand with, you know, God, the best beer I ever had in my life, and <laughs> and and just all these families. And here's the fun part: I peeled off my shirt. Can't do that anymore. And <clears throat> I was the darkest person there. 
Damn. Now, I mean, I'm I'm not getting all. You kind of pale. I, are you kidding? I burned under the refrigerator bulb. It was like hanging out with a bunch of people who'd been in a radiation accident. Because, I mean, Northern European. And, but it was just. It, I, I, I love the culture. I, I love the, the, the. Everybody was uniformly kind, polite. Um, and it was, it was, felt right at home, but you know, well, when I was in Switzerland, you know, to France, the, to yeah. go to the, I, I watched, uh, uh, Cary Grant and Grace Kelly in to catch a thief, uh, you know, the, the, the Hitchcock classic. God, that's a great, oh, I love it. Oh, that's such a classic. All the, oh, all that location shooting on the French Riviera. Oh, take me there, please. Just, mm. And then, and then, you know, Grace Kelly, Grace Kelly, yeah. Oh, I, I, I felt, she was so beautiful. God, felt, that woman was beautiful. I felt, I felt like a character in uh, L.A. Confidential, sitting in the back seat of the car. Yeah, they had her cut to look like Grace <laughs> Kelly. It, I can stand that. Uh, God, I'm far afield now. But most Americans will never leave the. Con- it's 2023. We're we're into the middle of the third decade of the 21st century. And, and and there are still people, there are people I know who have never been outside the state of West Virginia. Damn. Okay? Okay. I know people yeah. in Alabama who have never really, been outside the state this. of Alabama. See, this is, you know what, this is not even, you know what, I, I have to, I'm going to have to make a uh, contribution in the name of, of Scott, because I didn't do that yet. I was still in shock when he told me what happened. I was just like, that. damn. Because, just because, but what you're, see, what you're saying is that it's important what you're saying. It's very important. Very, very important. Very. And I understand that people have limited resources, but uh, as a transplant, you know, as a mature person to the deep south, and I'm, I'm encountering people who have never been anywhere. They, don't, they ain't been no 50 miles from where they fucking and this is and, and, and the thing is, this, Todd, is after Mark Twain in, what, the 1890s <laughs> said, there is nothing in the world better for an American than to travel and see the world outside the United States. Uh, he he wrote one of the first international travel logs with the Innocence Abroad, and then a Tramp Abroad, and following the equator. I didn't know that. I didn't know. That. Oh, the Innocence Abroad is so worth your time. That's where Ferg got his nickname. Ferguson. And Ferguson was nicknamed out of Mark Twain. Be the ugly American if you if you travel out of the country. Don't be the. In other words, try to. At least try to speak the language. That, that's rule one, especially in France. That, that is very important in France. Like that's the most important place to do that. But, yeah, I, I, I couldn't speak the language you know, worth a damn. But both in France and Germany, I was complimented on my accent. It was so cute. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was so cute when the woman in Germany said, "Where did you learn your German? You do not sound like an an, an Englander uh, speaking German." I said, See. Well, I said, well, I was. Man, I, I if said, you I was try taught, a little bit, oh. 
I was taught I was taught by by a woman from Munich in a high school in Alabama. She did a very good job. Oh no, was she Werner Von Braun's daughter or 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 cousin? Uh, I don't know. Her husband uh, her husband may have come over here to work in Huntsville. I'm not sure, but she was uh, she would lead tour groups. I'm so glad you got that. She would lead tour groups so to Germany on spring break, and they would go to the mm-hmm. Eagle's Nest. You know, back to Scotland and such. Mm. And she wouldn't get out of the car. She was so disgusted and ashamed of what the German people had done that she would not get out of the car mm. and let someone else lead her student tour group to, uh, through Back to Scotland. Yeah. She was, yeah, she was you know, she was sincerely anti-Nazi. And I loved her dearly. Speaking of geopolitical things, and and um, and I guess we're obviously saying this, you know, we're just in uh, reinforcing that, you know, but even since, if it's just sincere, me and you talking, it doesn't matter. Sincerely, we we are we are so we are so engaged in our socio-political, cultural navel gazing here in this country. That we never we never worry about what's going on outside because Every, everything's going to be okay here, and I think that loops us back into the current uh, conflagration in the House of Representatives. And, oh, they'll get around to it. They'll pass a continuing resolution. And you know what? I, I, think I, would, I would I would be happy to be proven profoundly wrong about everything I'm saying, but I have no confidence in that position. I, I sincerely, no. I sincerely believe there are there are ninety Republicans in the House of Representatives who want the government to shut down. And what we're seeing now is they're the tizzy, is the tizzy that they're throwing, the temper tantrum that they're throwing, that ke- because Kevin McCarthy kept the government from shutting down a month ago. And if I'm wrong, somebody tell me. But I sincerely don't All think right, I am. All right, let me give you some evidence. No, and I, I can see that this is what we do. We like we're talk, I talk shit, but I can provide evidence. Just like I didn't say anything when we talked maybe a week or two ago. And I, I might have upset some people, but I, all I can say is my studies and my experience. Um. And it's a totally tangent, man, again, and I'm, I'm sorry if I'm going to turn off people, but it's just the truth. You know, when, when I, you know, like, Zionism is like, like Pat Buchanan, I mean, a Jewish Pat Buchanan or Berger. That, that, that's the lens you have to look at this through. See, there's a right-wing zealot over there. The Likud party, they're, you know, they're right-wing zealots. And, and they, they are embracing that, that manifest destiny thing that we started over here. You see? And it's causing problems. It's causing problems. And, and what I'm saying about that, you know, we're, cause we're talking about being exposed to different cultures and traveling. So that, that, that's just how this fits into what we're talking about. 
So I just had to insert that because it just, it's just something just clicked because it, it just really, you know, uh, I, I, I'm connecting these dots. I mean, well, sure. it and, is. And, I mean, and, look, you know, Kui Bono, uh, marginal trailer queen is out there. Now, I think she was actually one of the yays in the Republican uh, vote on the continuing resolution because Kevin, uh, you know, Craven McCarthy paid her $10,000 for her vote in the form of a political contribution from his pack, which is one of those things that speakers do. She's out, she's out there hollering that, uh, that we need to hang Ukraine out to dry. Oh, and by the way, in case you missed it, now she says she's going to file a motion for censure against Rashida Tlaib for, uh, you know, congressing while Palestinian. Yeah. I mean, it does does does, yeah. does that Jim Bunny dipshit actually expect that Rashida Tlaib would be marching up and down the halls of of, of Congress uh, yelling Israel Uber Allahs when it's people she knows and is related to who are having the fucking bombs dropped on them? Yeah. Well, yeah, she said. Well. She said. Uh, oh, let me see. I've got the story here. It's absolutely. Uh, repulsive. Um, oh, give me but there, I like there, what there you said, is. though, about... She said uh, uh, that she led the pro-Palestinian protest on Capitol Hill last week, which, which Jim Bunny dipshit said was an insurrection. Okay, so you just you just like all right, you started a whole other program right there because we had to remember and and I and I'm not you know we had an interesting discussion some time ago and um, maybe I didn't make it clear or not I'm not sure but you see these are a whole bunch of different issues that we're dealing with now and it affects us all and I'm so glad that that you were able to take my call because this is really important. Because we're dealing with nation states and their policies and how they treat people. Then we're dealing with laws. Then we're dealing with cultures. And there's a lot in, in, in history. And, and so all these things, it's, it's just a, you know, it's an amalgam that, that really is not fitting together. And it doesn't, it's like trying to put together some elements that just won't bond. And it's causing confusion because one can criticize behaviors without criticism. You know, we're not talking about a group of people. We're talking about policies. Now, when I talk about Zionists, yes, I'm talking about that. I'm pointing them out because they are racist. Because I'm old enough, and don't fuck with me on this shit, people. Don't call me anti-Semite because I'm not. I'm not, period, at all. No. Don't even, don't even start that. But I know what I know because I've been, like I, I mean, look, you don't, man, I mean, I've, I've been intimate in this community. I know what I'm talking about. So, you see, there are, there are people of the blue state who just want to go along and get along. They kind of like want to be like wasps or whatever. They, they just go along and get along. 
they don't go to temple much. And they'll tell you, well, I'm not a Jew. I don't go to town. You know, they, they don't celebrate too many high holidays once in a while. Right? Then you have religious people of Jewish faith. But then you get into Hasidim, Orthodox, and then Zionism. And they, they're far right crazy. Like we have over here, like Tea Party people. They're, they're just crazy. You know, they're, just, they're nuts. Not, not Orthodox Jews. I'm not saying that. Or Hasidim. I'm talking about the Zionists. That's what, that's where I, I, I actually, yeah, I am, I am pointing at that because that's a made up shit. That's like manifest destiny. They had to make up that shit so they could justify their, their, their terrible behavior. You know, cause how can you expel people from their, their houses and their land? You got to come up with some kind of excuse. And it has nothing to do with that's that's an interesting study in messaging and image management. Nobody has a problem pointing out that Iran is run by a bunch of religious lulus. Right? Right. Nobody, nobody has a problem pointing out that Saudi Arabia uh, has a religious police based on Wahhabism that rules with an iron fist to keep Mohammed bin Bonesaw and the royal house of Ibn Saud uh, on their throne, on their throne with their crowns on their heads. They're in charge, but that doesn't mean everybody agrees with that. Because the people don't really agree with that. But the problem, but the problem, but nobody, nobody has a problem understanding that. But when is the last time you read or heard or saw a story in American media pointing out that the Israeli government is run by people who are as religiously maniacal as any mullah in Iran? Because that is true. That's the problem. I'm glad those you're bringing that those, up. Those, fact, those, those are the yeah. religious Lulus who Psycho BB, Keska say, brought yep. into his government <laughs> and put in positions of power. Right. Because he's barely there anyway. See, a lot of people ain't following this I mean, shit. Let's, let's, let's remember. You know, right. let's, let's remember. Okay, so because it matters to me now. You know, there is a vibrant, and, and God knows it's not vibrant anywhere around them. There is a vibrant trans community in Israel. I'm sorry, I mispronounced it. Well, Israel, and there's a vibrant, there, there's a vibrant uh, lesbian, gay, bisexual community mm-hmm. in Israel. But well, why it, wouldn't there and, be? And, and, and there's pollination. And and pride in places like Tel Aviv is a big damn deal, and I'm glad of well, it. Tel Aviv is a very is like Berlin, you know. What it's, it's really it's, you know, it's, hip, it's happening, and, right? But right. here's the thing: right, they got nice, nice, right. Um, unless unless you follow uh, unless you follow news of the LGBTQ plus community, you will never know that the religious Lulus in Israel are busting their ass to try to suppress 
the LGBTQ community have tried to suppress pride, and God knows they're trying to suppress trans people. Never heard of it, but I understand they would because Lacoud—they're they're very uh, hyper conservative. But the thing is, now it's gotten so bad in Israel that Likud is kind of like a hardcore Republican now, but the people that are in power are more like maggots and teabaggers and John Birchers. Yes, they are. That's exactly, that, I, I absolutely agree with you. That's, that's exactly what I'm saying. You know they're not That's quite exactly to the point. They're not. They're not quite to the point of burning stars of David in people's yards yet. But they ain't that damn far. Right. And until we understand, and, and she, until we understand, Todd, that this is an ideological battle between religious maniacs with the normal decent people caught in the middle. Nothing's got. No, nothing good is going to come of it. Again, what I said, what I said, and it's true. The people who are going to be asked to go and fight street to street, house to house, apartment to apartment, room to room in a ground invasion of Gaza and come home in, in, in body bags with, with Star of David flags over them, those are secular Jews. Those are not mm-hmm. the religious maniacs. No, the religious, maniacs are exactly. sta- the religious maniacs are staying home. They're they're in their their nice high rise in Tel Aviv somewhere, over their bunker or whatever you know. What do you got? I mean, I suppose it's, I, see, I suppose and, I, I could be wrong. I suppose it is optional, but it's my understanding, based upon my reading, that. Uh, the, the, the the so-called mandatory conscription of two years for every young Israeli? Yeah. Every doesn't mean every. Well, you know, like on many occasions, I tell you about my roommate, my, it was his, it was my junior year. It was his sophomore year in boarding school. I bring it up again, because now I'm thinking about it. Now, remember, you know, I thought about it. I'm not going to say his name, but I'm saying Remember, at that point, he'd already lived in the kibbutz, and it wasn't an agrarian kibbutz. None of the pictures, none of that's what he said. It wasn't about, like, uh, light industry or growing plants or, you know. It was mostly defense and military because that, that, that was his mindset. That's how he knew how to fire all these automatic weapons. And he couldn't have been, He was 11 and 12 years old at that point because... And I, I did the math because then he ended up at New York Military Academy and then he ended up being my roommate. And he was 15 when he was on my roommate and I was 17. So, you know, I worked back. So this was, he was there in the late 70s. And you see, and, and the other thing is that somehow we've, uh, we've dropped, people have dropped, the media has dropped this precursor term, illegal settlement. Is there illegal settlements? That's the whole point. And see, this is what I don't understand, is that, you know, it's it's really, to me, it's not that complicated. If if anyone out, if you're fortunate enough to own any property or a house and land, you've got a deed if you've paid it off. And 
Even if you don't, you know, go to the library and look at some old plat deeds, whatever. It, it clearly tells you in the deed that what you own is 30, 365 yards west of Broad Street, 58 yards east of, east of Market. You know, it delineates exactly where you stand in the geospatial landscape. This is, this is your property. So if you want to like pass it on and sell it, everybody, it's, it's clear this is your land. And what the Israelis did after they were, you know, the, the world community gave them Israel, they said, well, that's just not enough for us. And they took other people's stuff on top of already taking other people's stuff. Because they had to take other people's stuff to get Israel. And, and, and you know, people acquiesced. They said, okay. But you can't continue to pick, take people's land and not expect they're not going to be upset. I mean, that's just human. I mean, what the what are what do you, what are people missing here? I don't understand. We live in the South. You know how land is in the South. You can't even walk on nobody's property. You might get shot. You can't walk past a construction site if you're black in Georgia, or, or three white guys will follow you and blow your black ass away. I'm not Arbery. Right. So I think we're taking this out of context. Well, because, again, but, but again, that's, know, that's because that's because we are so and you know, good word, Randy Radar. It's because we're so damn provincial. And uh, just uh, continuing on, uh, Matt in San Francisco, subject line Europe. What I found fascinating were the people of Europe. They all knew their history, and not recent history, but their history going back hundreds, sometimes thousands of years ago. And their infrastructure, so much more advanced than America. Hopping on a train and traipsing across Europe was actually pleasurable. Oh, tell me about it. That train from... uh, That train from... uh, um, um, Damn it. Um, Belgium. To to Frankfurt was amazing. Uh... Here, getting on a train, Matt says, is like stepping back in time. You can practically imagine the guy shoveling coal into the furnace of the lead car. Anyway, yes, we would be in a better place if all Americans traveled the world. We would. And what what Matt says about they know their history. I I, I would you know I was forever changed by the time I spent uh, spent you know most of it, all but a couple of days of it were in uh, or in Germany. And I, I stayed in a house that was 400 years old, and it wasn't that mm-hmm. particularly old. We traveled to a town that mm. was being eliminated by a coal company that was over a thousand years old. They were just going to the coal company was just going to erase the town because eventually it would be the largest man-made lake in Europe. <clears throat> Because they were going to dig out carboniferous mud uh, to burn in a power station that you could see on a ridge line in the distance, and I suppose that town is gone now, mm. and the forest that surrounded it. I don't know if they're mining. I don't know if it's a lake yet. But I remember one of one of my hosts saying that he'd been to the United States, and he said in America. You think a 200-year-old building is old. 
In Germany, that's new construction. Right. If it wasn't bombed, you know, I had a, I had a, I had a beer and a lovely meal in a place, you know, the whole exposed, you know, exposed timber beam, you know, and mm. and, and you know, the the the, the, mm. the solid wood plank paneling inside. Had turned. See, that's some good living there. Oh my, it's nothing black, like you know, from the from all the uh, smoke and the grease uh, and the, all the lamps being burned. And, right, yeah. and all the you mm. know all the pre mm. pre electricity lighting, and mm. it, it and you know it, mm. again that that place was you know four or five hundred years old. Mm-hmm. And and it, it, it that's some it's, good stuff there. It's it's hard to feel. Well, I think there's a greater sense of connection, you know, to place, to time, where, and, and, you know, that's one of the things that's happened in this country. Tracy has talked on a number of occasions about how, you know, white folks, I'm guilty, will say, well, you know, some of the Scotland, Ireland, Germany, whatever. She'll say, I had to do 23andMe to find out that some of my ancestors were Ghanaian. Because those histories were wiped what? out. Those histories were erased. Oh, and, and, and by the way... You're right about... No, go ahead. Uh, no, you... No, please. Go. No, go ahead. Tell me I'm right about something. Please, I'm, I'm, I'm here for that. We all... I mean... <laughs> about the navel-gazing. I mean, like, like, you know, because we have such a... This country has become. It, it always was. I mean, and you got to think about it. Like, well, anyway, I want this country is so rich in natural resources, and and because we we have taken in, and everybody here is from somewhere else. Unless you're unless you're an Indian, a Native American, you're from somewhere else. And this country is absolutely big and beautiful, and very. You know, the more I, the older I get, it's so sad. And I, I just got fortunate. I've, I've been to most states. There's only a few states I have not been to. This country is so big and diverse. Oh my, there's so much going on in this country. But And we take for granted, like you said, we navel gaze. Because it's so, I mean, there's so much going on here, but we don't understand how other cultures work. So we don't get it. You can't go overseas and act like you're in America. Stop it. Because that that's, that's, that's kind of, once again, hubertic behavior. You know, be humble. Be humble. You know, somebody else's house. You know, be humble. And and learn something. And learn something when you travel. You know, wait, wait, wait for people to, you know, just listen. Listen to people. If you don't listen to people, you're never going to be able to figure out. If you just keep talking to other people, you're never going to. And that you have to listen to people, and and you hit it on the head. It's that navel gate that man. Like, well, we're the center. Of, we, see, we always thought that as America, we're the center of the universe. I mean, maybe for maybe good, maybe bad, and maybe there are a lot of people. You listen to, listen to the radio. There are a lot of people who really they they wait and love that shit. They think that. And maybe that's not the best, because if you think that, I mean, you can think anything you want, but that comes, once again, at a price. Because then you, you when something happens, you're going into something with the mindset that you're better than something else. And that's another thing about Zionism, that they don't want you to know. 
It absolutely is a supremacist philosophy. It's not a religion. It's a philosophy. It's a philosophy based on religion. Because I remember when, you know, Israel was supposed to take in all Jews from all over the world, right? So I remember clearly when there was a group of Ethiopian Jews from Addis Ababa, and, you know, the tan suits, wouldn't, they didn't want them in there. I don't know if they eventually got in, but uh, there was a lot of protest. A whole lot. A whole lot. And the reason I keep bringing this up is that these people are dragging us into a world war because they won't do what they're supposed to do. I uh, see. Now, now, now we're, we're going we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna to part company there, uh, but not in a serious Why? way. They're not dragging us into a world war. It might be a regional conflict, but so far Iran seems to be more than happy to uh, sit on their hands. And 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 again, even today in a national security briefing, uh, it was reiterated that the United States has no intel whatsoever to suggest Iran's direct culpability in the October 7th attack. Iran has plenty of culpability in terms of propping up Hamas, funding Hamas, etc., etc., etc. But it may actually be true that Iran was caught flat-footed in this attack, which goes back to what I have speculated, and it's rank speculation, that, mm-hmm. that, that October the 7th has Putin's fingerprints all the hell over it. Because if you want to play the Cui Bono game, right. the, Cui yep. Bo- the, the Cui Bono answer is Vladimir Putin. Because I don't disagree with you at all. Because it, it no, it Iran, Iran is trying to get trying to get on their feet. They don't want to mess around right now. And it, it's and, but there is a great deal of benefit to Putin yeah. in thinking he can suck away American resources and divide the American people over military aid to Israel. And 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 in a, in the zero sum world which uh, Vladimir Putin inhabits. Any money that's that's going to Israel is money that's not going to Ukraine because of the nature <laughs> of the economics in Mother Moscovy. He thinks the same applies here, and that we can't walk and chew gum at the same time. Because that's what he would do. Well, th- that's what he is constrained oh, to do uh, by virtue of being a pariah petrostate. I mean, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's not like the money that they're that, that he's paying to foreign actors or his own uh, his own conscript military is coming from fucking caviar sales. Okay, there just ain't that See, many sturgeon hit, on earth. You hit on something I had not. I have just. I have never thought about this until now uh, in, in recent times. But you hit on something very pertinent. America is not perfect. We do a lot of bad things. We do many good things. In America, the beauty of America is that we, our Constitution affords us the room for improvement. We're always trying to improve, hopefully. Russia, right now, run by this, this, this weirdo, you know, weirdo person. They're not, they're malevolent. They are, they are truly malevolent. 
they're not button that. But what what do they do to help anybody else? I mean, I know the scientists. Like we work with the scientists because it's science. I mean, it's science. And this it gets complicated. A lot of people can't understand the difference or whatever. They can't get their head around. But um, you know, everybody benefits from scientific. Um, but yeah, see, because they don't they don't reach out. What do they do? I only do stuff if it's going to be good for them. I mean, so do we, but you know, we're about money. But we do things with the money. We we do we do try to make things better. Because we have laws that, that encourage corporations to donate or, or contribute, you know, to ways to make the world better. Russia, not so much. Because everything gets siphoned off by the oligarchs, right? You know, man, it's just not the same. Well, no, 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 it isn't. Um, I need to, uh, I need to note that, uh, we got 116 bucks to go on TJ's uh, clean the ketchup off the wall challenge. If we could knock that out this evening, that would be fine, fan, uh, super duper fantastic, especially with this being the 18th. And by the way, that was a hell of a contribution. I happened to be listening when somebody dropped 1800 bucks on. Um, so uh, PayPal buttons on the, head on the program. And I got a note from Tom and Sunny San Rafael. Congratulations, Tom says. I don't know exactly when it was that I first listened, but it was the day after Malloy first mentioned the program. I was hooked and soon went into the archives to listen to the previous editions. I guess those were recordings from terrestrial radio. I don't know. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the early programs got lost in the massive hack of White Rose some years back. Uh, Scott and Mel Blank came up earlier in the show today, and that prompts me to relate a story appropriate to the season. When I was growing up, we lived in Pacific Palisades, where a lot of Hollywood types made their homes. I used to walk past Lurch's house on the way to the school bus stop. You were <laughs> One year, my siblings and I went to another neighborhood across Sunset Boulevard to continue our trick-or-treating. At one house, the next street over from my dad's best friend's house, I was astonished when the man who answered the door was speaking entirely in Donald Duck's voice. Uh... Being young and ignorant, I didn't realize until you and Scott were talking about Mel Blank that that's who it was. But the re recollection is clear as can be. My sister remembers it, too. I do wish I'd related it sooner. Well, thanks for the sour persimmon. That's Daffy Duck. Anyway, thank you, Robin, and the community for so many years of, well, community. And remember, Galia est omnis duisa in partes tres, unam partem in colunt belgae aliam aquitani tertiam celtae, Quia nobis gali appellantur. Yeah, so there, Steve. <laughs> uh, all of Gaul is divided into three parts. One part known as the Belgae, another the Aquitani, a third the Celts, which to us are all called Gauls. That's Julius Caesar back in uh, the the mid-first century BCE saying, they all look alike to me. They're all blue. <laughs> and they all want to kill me. Uh, by the way, speaking of, uh, speaking of Steve in New York, 
Uh, Europeans know us much more than we know anybody else. You know, I listen to radio out of the UK. They're quite tuned into our politics, trends, etc. With, without a doubt. Without Absolutely. A doubt. Listen to BBC. Uh, uh, attend to BBC. Um, that's, BBC is no joke. They're no joke. I mean, that, I mean, and and um, I don't know. I, I emailed you earlier today uh, because public radio is being more balanced now in terms of history. Um, you know, I think we take for granted how what a deficit we're in in terms of, of people's knowledge base and able to, you know, they just people just don't know. You know, and, and I'm, I fear that, that, you know, this rewriting of history, it keeps making me think about what happened between Turkey and Armenia. And, you know, it was decades later, a long time later, before folks started to realize what really happened, because they would not teach it in the schools. And, you know, just because the truth hurts doesn't mean you can't teach it. You know, life life is painful sometimes, but that's life. That helps you be stronger. You know, you have to learn how to deal with adversity. You know, every, everything's not nice all the time. It's not. And, you know, I mean, and, and you know, uh, you do such a nice job with your program because you go out of your way not to judge people. You hear people out. And when people are really off base, you say something, uh, usually, uh, isn't really out there, but, you know, usually you just let people, you know, say their piece and, you know, and you provide historical context or, or some evidence and facts. And we try, we try. Sadly, I don't, we, well, you do a good job. I mean, how often do we see that? You know, I mean, where do you see that? Yeah, but one of the one of the things that uh, that started this program was the notion that we would have a right wing bullshit free radio program, and so, <laughs> and, and and so uh, maggots, Republicans, and the like have never been welcome here, and will never be welcome here, because early in the history of this program, I interviewed someone I can't remember who, but he talked about the fact that they'd done a statistical analysis. And for every hour of progressive radio, progressive broadcasting at all in this country, there was something like 10,000 hours of right-wing hate, misinforma- misinformation, and just, you know, shit. So, the, the, you know, the, people people would ask me over the years, well, why won't you debate some fill-in-the-blank right-winger here? Because I, I said, because they want to debate me, they can bring me on their air. They're not getting on this air when they control the vast majority of all the other air. So they can fuck off into the sun. I, I do want to shift gears for just a minute here. Because uh, yes. uh, we've, we've started a recent trend. Mm-hmm. And uh, of, of checking, checking in with a, with, a, with a Jehoshaphat clip. Uh-oh, here we go. And I've got one from this morning. Uh, and, and, and the minute I heard it, it was like, oh, 
this is going to have to go to air. So here we go. Um, gave a campaign speech in New Hampshire yesterday. And let's just say, in all seriousness, by the way, this is not a joke. And, and uh, just, just uh, to make clear, this is what Darlene in Connecticut was referring to earlier when she was talking about the U.S. us business. If Joe Biden had said the things that Trump said, most Republicans would be calling for him to be put in an old age home. Take- I'm for us. I'm for us. You know how you spell us, right? You spell us, U.S. I just picked that up. Has anyone ever thought of that? I just picked that up. A couple of days I'm reading and it said us. And I said, you know... If you think about it, us equals U.S. We had that all set to go, but then we had a little election uh, that went astray. So we have to be careful. You got to get out there and you got to watch those voters. You don't have to vote. Don't worry about voting. The voting, we got plenty of votes. You got to watch election night. You know, it used to be election day, election night. Now it's election month. Now it's election period. Some of these things going for 53 days. It's terrible. Victor Orban. Did ever, anyone ever hear of him? He's probably like one of the strongest leaders anywhere in the world. And he uh, he's the leader of right. He's the leader of Turkey. Turkey. Yeah. Uh, so, Victor Orban. Uh, Orban. Really? Erdogan. Kind of right. Um, first of all, I just picked that up. Oh, it's in U.S. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, don't worry about voting. Secondly. Third. Orban, of course. Uh, Maybe he's never even visited Turkey. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the leader of Hungary has visited, but it's it, 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 it's troubling to me. He calls Orban one of the strongest leaders and says it in a wonderful way. Orban, of course, is a person who shut down all of his uh, opponents uh, politically. He's tapped reporters' phones. He's destroyed independent news agencies. He's he's led phony tax investigations into reporters that were critical of him, chased them from the country, brags that he's an illiberal, uh, that they have illiberal democracy and not Western style democracy. And again, there's a guy who keeps thinking he's running against Barack Obama, not not doing well. No, as Mika said, if that were Joe Biden, they'd be running wall to wall on certain networks with medical experts describing what was yeah. happening here and why he needed help and why he should probably step off the stage. Uh, I would add in, Joe, to the collection of comments that he made yesterday, he compared himself to Nelson Mandela, uh, who, of course, spent nearly 30 years in prison for right. fighting apartheid in, in South Africa, saying if he goes to jail, he's happy to be just like Mandela. Also promised in his next term to build, like Israel, an iron dome over the United States. Israel, of course, is the size of New Jersey. So that would be a heck of a project for the United States to undertake. Um, but Caddy Kay, this is the man who has been, frankly, marginalized uh, by this war, by the gravity of what's been happening for the last couple of weeks. As he has said, Hezbollah was, quote, very smart, again, blaming Israel yesterday for what happened to them, a terrorist attack against them and periodically visiting courtrooms across the country in between.
Yeah, I mean, telling your supporters that they don't need to worry about voting is certainly a novel strategy. It's not one I've ever heard on an American presidential election before. It, it, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how much Donald Trump's diehard supporters have any of their views changed by the comments zero. he made about Hamas, zero, which I think Katie, probably will have hurt him more um, than the kinds of things he said last night. But as we all know, this election is only going to be decided by about 100,000 people in five states. And if some of them are watching that kind of thing and seeing him confuse the leader of one country with another at a time when we are in a critical situation. Well, time out, Caddy Kay. What are the chances that those people are going to know that he confused the leader of one country with another? Is it okay to ask that question? Because, again, we are globally illiterate. You know, National Geographic or somebody used to put up uh, put out an annual survey of the geographic literacy of the American people, and it was like, well, you you, you remember Miss Teen South Carolina or whatever she was back in the day uh, with the the Iraq and such as? I'm not going to play that poor girl again because God knows over 18 oh, years yeah. I think I've probably played her hundred times. Because we don't have maps. Oh, God. Uh, Jack in Shreveport with a note. France, it's important to speak the language. Yes, it is. Funny story. By the way, Brother Deacon Asa has solved the uh, uh, the liver mush question. It is made of pork liver. <laughs> it's, it's, made, it's, it's made of pork liver. Looks It looks like scrapple fried on a plate. And I remember my grandmother making sauce, and sauce was freaking wonderful. Like a, it was like a coarse country pate, Todd. Uh, but, uh, no, Jack in Shreveport on France. Many years ago, I traveled to Europe with my brother. While in La Belle France, in addition to irritating some local folks, I made a sloppy perusal of a menu and recall a partial carafe of wine on the table. Before that, I don't recall. With the waiter standing there and me feeling I should get on with my order, I thought the veal looked good and pointed to that. The word for veal was something I recognized. I presume it would be veau, V-E-A-U. When our orders were brought to the table, mine looked like what some other tables had received, a large, high-sided, thick ceramic bowl in which I found various selected pieces of veal, which in French, French translated more correctly to calf and more specifically belonged to the head region of the calf. I hadn't really picked up on the word head while tet, while looking at the menu, the eyeballs, the tongue, the brain, and what I thought looked similar to thick bacon were not Ew. particularly appetizing. This sounds like the cover of a Rolling Stones album. The bacon turned out to be the fatty cheek tissue, and the brain didn't have the de decency to taste as good as rabbit sweetbreads. It tasted more like cauliflower. It's good to know how to speak the language, Jack says. Yep, Todd was right. Or at least he's got a fan of his opinion in this horn listener. Jack, this one's for you. I appreciate it. It tasted it, more like cauliflower. <sighs> it, that's disgusting. I, I, I mean, just, there's something to well, think about you know, when you Q travel. And Q, don't even... Q Darren McGavin in A Christmas Story complaining about the duck to the waiter in the Chinese restaurant saying, Ah, it, it, it's, it's looking at me. At which, point, <laughs> at which point the waiter uh, hauls out a cleaver and goes, Whack! And off comes the goose's, uh, uh, the goose's head. Oh God! Oh, and and thank you, you know, thank, you, thank you so much, thank you so much to Robert. 
Robert uh, just uh, knocked us down to 106 to go to finish the Clean Up the Ketchup Challenge, courtesy of TJ in Des Moines. Uh, Beautiful. Uh, Randy Radar points out the right doesn't believe in the marketplace of idea, ideas like we were taught in school. They even moved in and bought my local newspaper. It reads like the police blotter. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you, um, media deregulation, right? Local papers, local radio, local TV for them. It, it, none of it's really local anymore. Can that? Nope. And, and, and our little local, I mean, it's, it's a shame. Uh, and, well, and Stephen, that's part of fascism, too. Stephen New York says, oh, dear, dear Todd, the BBC really is old news. <clears throat> they really took it on the chin, really screwing up on Brexit misinformation. There are far better sources than the BBC, such as Sky News or Channel 4 News. The newspapers, The Guardian in the U.K. and Le Mans in France, there is an English-language version. Uh, same for same for uh, Der Spiegel in Germany. On the radio over the series of yeah. tubes is LBC, specifically James O'Brien, uh, Sheila Fogarty, Andrew Marr, uh, Sangeeta Miska, and Natasha Devon. There's a really good YouTube channel, which I found pretty good, called Politics Joe. So I mean, there, there's there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of different places to pers- uh, per, you know to to seek information. And a lot of it is so much better than what we get, because they aren't because what we get is controlled by a need to service, you know, shareholder profits. I don't know that these other outfits are the same way or not, but at least for the for the people who get up in the morning and watch my filthy morning habit. I, I suspect most of it is like preach is, is preaching to the choir, because the mo- the people who really really needed to hear those clips of him babbling away like crazy Uncle Maga at the at, at, at the at the crazy Uncle Maga table on Thanksgiving, they're watching. Uh, the more liberal among them are watching Fox and Fiends, while the real cranks are watching Newsmuck, or. Onan, the network that spills its news upon the ground, for fuck's sake. Right. Well, right. You know, everyone can gravitate toward their data silo. You know, because data is data. Some of it's true, some of it is. It's all data. And people go where they make them feel good because it's easy. Unless you really want to be inquisitive. And, and have your, you know, your, your thought processes or your value system challenged. Um, but, you know, a lot of people just aren't, they just are not comfortable with that. They feel like they're going to do their, their ancestors some kind of disservice. I mean, it's a whole lot of stuff. It, it's just very, kind of, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a lot. It's complicated. It's not, I wish it were easy, but it's not. That. Well, my daddy did this, and it was good enough for him, and it was good enough for him. Well, you know, your daddy was a car thief. You know, so, no, stop it. I'll move on. Yeah. You I mean, know, parents were right. right. What, what do we expect from Donald Trump? His, his, his daddy was a slumlord. <laughs> and a Klansman. 
That's who right. raised him. He was raised by a slumlord clansman. And his paternal right. grand and his paternal grandfather was a pimp and a draft dodger from the German Wehrmacht. True. Just facts. Just facts. Right. Yeah, this, is, you know, this is all Joe Friday stuff, you know, just the facts, man. But I think we would yeah. do well to it, it, ste- you know, let's let's step back from the uh, from the uh, international stage and check in with good Christian Jenna Ellis, who <laughs> entered her guilty plea today in Fulton County Circuit Court. And she said, uh, she she was informed, no, you don't have to say anything out loud. But she said she she really, really wanted to make a statement. This is that statement. From Jenna Ellis, Nick. By CNN. Yeah, I just got out of the courtroom where we saw Jenna Ellis take that guilty plea. The dominoes are starting to fall against the former president. Another major blow to his defense as yet another one of his attorneys takes a guilty plea in this sprawling investigation from the Fulton County District Attorney's Office. We were the only outlet in court to see this impromptu hearing. It was not scheduled uh, by Judge McAfee. And I sat directly behind Jenna Ellis, and she had some, uh, really, a range of emotions. It was interesting because as she was being read, uh, you know, the accusation against her which she was pleading guilty it seemed as though she had a smirk uh, with every uh, it seemed as though she had a smirk while she was hearing those uh, charges against her and then in a very striking moment in an unprecedented moment so far in this trial she stood up and addressed the court in the wake of the 2020 presidential election I believed that challenging the results on behalf of President Trump should be pursued in a just and legal way. I endeavored to represent my client to the best of my ability. I relied on others, including lawyers with many more years of experience than I, to provide me with true and reliable information, especially since my role involved speaking to the media and to legislators in various states. What I did not do, but should have done, Your Honor, was to make sure that the facts the other lawyers alleged to be true were in fact true. In the frenetic pace of attempting to raise challenges to the election in several states, including Georgia, I failed to do my due diligence. I believe in and I value election integrity. If I knew then what I know now, I would have declined to represent Donald Trump in these post-election challenges. I look back on this whole experience with deep remorse. For those failures of mine, Your Honor, I have taken responsibility already before the Colorado Bar who censured me. And I now take responsibility before this court and apologize to the people of Georgia. Thank you. Well, Todd, what do you think? Well, I actually I uh, saw her testimony, and I think that she relished. She she had she came around. In other words, she well. Let me let me preface it by saying this. Yes, I saw that. And she relished in what she was saying. She, because by that point, see, this is what happens when I, and this is weeks ago, I say, well, you know, Tony Willis is going to shake the tree. They were complaining she had 19 people. I said, nah, she's going to shake the tree. And what that means is that when people figure out, well, damn, they got me dead to rights. 
Because they'll come to you and say, tell you, we well, you know, well, this is what we have on you. And either you did it or you didn't. So at that point, you start thinking about it. And, and you see, what happens is that when you were in some big shit, your attorney will finally come to you and say, well, you know, the, the trial date's coming up. And, you know, we can win or we can lose. Hopefully we'll win. But if we don't win, these are the things you need to think about. Do you have a mortgage? You know, what are you planning to do about your kids? Are they in private school? You know, what you have to make plans. And see, then that shit starts to sink in. It ain't all this, all this fucking ideology bullshit. They get it. Cause these, these old, these white people ain't used to that shit. They ain't used to living like regular people. You see? And I'm seeing this as a black man, but I've lived on both sides. I, you know, I, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm okay on the corner with a 40, but I know what fork to use when I have to. I'm a dangerous nigga. I know how all this shit works. I don't want to say it like that, but uh, look, I, I mean it. I, get, I got plenty of clothes and I can be like a bum if I have to. I, look, man, I'm a spy. Now look here. So this is what happened. They, they will explain to you. You got to get your affairs in order because there's no guarantee that you are going to, you know, be found innocent. And all these mugs is dropping like flies now. Do you see this? I do. And see, uh, and, I, I think I think and, we should I think we should talk for a minute about who it is that happened to constitute the falling dominoes, especially in Georgia. Oh, you want to go through the progression? Wait, you want to go through the progression? I mean, it's it's. It's it's Squidney Powell, the Kraken lawyer. <laughs> it's Kenneth Cheesebro. It's Jenna Ellis. And Nitwit Nero. Well, I never heard of him. Somebody else did. It, it wasn't me. I mean, it's it's like it's like that old song from back in the nineties. You know, it wasn't me. We were on the couch. Wasn't me. That's exactly. <laughs> Wasn't me. I saw you in the bathroom. It wasn't me. Right? Yeah. Trying yep. to overturn the election. <laughs> wasn't me. <laughs> wasn't me. So what's what ha- what's happening here is Fonnie Willis immediately showed them that she had the goods, and that, yep. and that, that they were done, and that whatever defenses they thought they had weren't. And that and and that they they could run it up the flagpole all day long, but no jury was going to salute. And so you get these three pleas, and she's pretty gentle with them because she wants something out of them. She wants their truthful, right. under oath testimony, and she knows whose pelt she wants to uh, nail to the door. And ultimately, it's Nitwit Nero. But in the short run. It's Rudy. It's Rudy. Oh, he's done. That yo, no, that hold on, the, done. Hold, 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 hold on there. Uh, Stephen New York said, "Am I right in thinking this? Most, if not all, the flippers have been his former lawyers, who really were not his lawyers, but made great cups of coffee, or brought a really cold diet coke and taco bowl." 
or Big Macs. Uh, but no, they 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 were they were all in there. They were there. They were there to make him look good, and they were there to make lawyer noises on TV. And at the top of the heap is Rudy Giuliani, America's mayor, right? Mm. I ain't got no love lost for him. None, and I never have. He's I, a, he's always been a racist. He's a racist dickhead, and I have never thought anything other. He was a shitbird mm. when he was the U.S. attorney. I mean, I've been following him this long. Um, Go ahead, man. I'll be lady. So, the thing is, though, right now, he's not going to get away with saying, I was misled. No. There's probably a very gentle offer out toward him, but he is gonna have to roll. Uh, he's he, he's he's gonna have to roll like the tra- like the like the uh, uh, treads on an Abrams tank. Okay, and the problem here he is that broke. the problem here is twofold. One, he broke uh, in in our best Jesse Lee Peterson form. He broke. <laughs> And, but the other problem is, also, he drunk. Yep. Oh, that's a problem, though. Uh, at least according, uh, at least according to most of the reporting, Rudy's soused most of the time. I mean, he's got he's got the swirly straw in the Jeroboam of the of the cheap Scotch that's so cheap it has to be spelled scooch on the label. Okay. And, and and it's it's probably going to be harder to get him to roll. Uh, now there's that other uh, Clark Clark, that Justice Department lawyer. I would guess Kenneth that Clark. Uh, no, no, that no, he was a BBC presenter. It's a Kenneth Clark. Um, no, this is I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember his first name, but Clark. He was the he was the little pissant uh, lawyer from the Department of Justice that desperately wanted to be the attorney general after Bill Barr to prosecution bailed out. Oh, yeah, 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 he, yes, he, I yeah, remember. Because Bill Barr right. prosecution heard his law license crying. Right. And so that guy's going to go down, but eventually the, 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 the you know, at so-called nut-cutting time, it's going to be Rudy and then of course, Julia Skeezer. And her her goal, because she's she is she is literally an expert in RICO cases. Mm-hmm. And she has some less than pleasant experience uh, with the uh, test cheating scandal in Atlanta public schools some years back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When she indicted every when she did, in, indicted everybody but the Pope at Rome. A whole bunch of black women she indicted. Uh, yeah, and yep. and but the thing is, I'm she, just saying because it's not like like she's about the law. She ain't about no favoritism. She's about this is the law. That's what I'm trying to impress upon. Right, and right. so uh, she learned from that, and so she's got a multi-defendant case here, and her strategy is to eventually make sure 
that nobody is sitting with Donald Trump except his pettifoggers at the defense table. Woo! That's going to be some shit. That's a damn, oh! One man, all alone, nothing but his pettifoggers. And the jury staring right at him and him having to sit there. Again, we're back to this. Him having to sit there. And keep his shit together. I mentioned the keep his shit together part because he was back in court, you know, last week. Mm-hmm. And he bailed out right after he attacked Michael Cohen. And so Nitwit Nero said, he didn't have the guts to face me. And, and and so he's supposed to testify this week. And I think Whit Nero is scared because Michael Cohen knows ex- he he was he, he was his uh, he was his wartime consigliere, right? He knows where all the bodies are buried for years, years. Like remember, he's already done time trying to cover for Trump or not cover for Trump. So, right. And so he showed up. So Cohen shows up in mm. court today and Mm. began his testimony. And Lisa Rubin. Yeah, I wish we could have seen that. uh, Lisa Rubin of MSNBC said, so far he's maintained decorum about Trump. Oh. Oh, that's what I wanted uh, to hear. Ruben, okay, Ruben said he doesn't seem out. to be—he doesn't seem to be demonstrably or visit, visibly agitated by Cohen, but the reverse is also true. Cohen is testifying as if Trump is not there, speaking slowly, methodically, as if he knows his audience isn't just the judge, the ultimate decision maker here, but people like me and the rest of the media assembled to see what he has to say. He's been plain spoken, loud, clear, and slow. And he's focused on delivering that testimony without regard to who's sitting on the other side of the room from him. And mm. Cohen, on his way out of the courtroom, said, yeah, it was a heck of a reunion. <laughs> and so today, he testified in open court that he helped Julius Geezer falsify documents to inflate the asset values. Oh my God! Well, that he he definitely is Trump is going to be found guilty because they have we're talking about numbers here. Numbers don't lie, so we got that evidence. Then you have testimonial evidence on top of of what the falsified documents and the person who helped falsify the documents. I mean, that's how it appears to me. What is your take on that? Well, remember, there was testimony last week that numerous people had heard him say he wanted his assets to look more valuable than they were. And then today, in an act of desperation, his pettifoggers, uh, as the hearing began, uh, pettifogger Chris Keiss said, well, four members of the attorney general's office have contracted COVID-19 
We have the leading candidate for President of the United States in this courtroom today. Hmm? And he said it's irresponsible for the way the Attorney General's office has handled this outbreak. It seems that nothing else matters except for pursuing President Trump. At which point, Justice Ngoron, who used to be a New York cabbie, said, uh, according to Lisa Rubin, uh, no, uh, Ngoron said, no one on the defense side is wearing a mask, although you're free to. Um, at which point, the AG mm-hmm. lawyer, Louis Solomon, wearing a mask, stood up and said he's followed all CD, CDC guidelines for isolating, testing, and masking. At which point, Justice Ngoron said, masks are available. We are going to proceed. And then counsel for the parking okay. and then counsel for the parking garage, Alina Habana Habana Habana, said I don't want to use the same microphone as the prosecution. She said this again while refusing to wear a mask. Ta da And of course Nitwit Nero can't wear a mask because well he's it would it would diminish his Ubermenschen, uh, Uberman uh, status among the people who, well, the the, the mouth-walking, knuckle-breathing followers of his who pick their teeth with their toenail clippings. And, 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 and by and with, the way... With, with time all but gone, gone, really, where does yeah. it go? Uh, I have to say thank you to an anonymous friend and to Jack in Shreveport. We are down to... $36 to go to finish TJ in Des Moines' clean up the ketchup challenge. And after today, I imagine there's a lot of ketchup to clean up. I wonder I wonder if he does the ketchup trick in uh, in his tacky-ass, <laughs> tacky-ass apartment in New York. I, I just do. I mean, you know, I, I have That's some... That's what I, I was thinking! I have some sympathy for counsel for the parking garage because unless you're wearing a lipstick that doesn't transfer that stays where it's supposed to go you're just going to look a mess when you take that when you take that mask off you just are and it's very clear that she's concerned that she he's not going to make it robin she's he's not going to her her almost melanoma look about her see wow you 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 said a whole lot just in in, in in what you, you know, you, you said a whole lot because there's a whole lot going on. It, it's like we can see how, and I, I use this word a lot, I know, but we can see how base Trump is because obviously he picked his legal counsel or oh, how to look on TV. Oh, she's good looking. She'll look good on TV. I guess, yeah, she's okay. I mean, that, that's really what it comes down to. He, he's yeah, just she that, get, that if she'd get a better dad face. job, she looks a lot like melanoma. And one last yeah, little you know, one, one last mean, little piece of semi breaking news uh, as this 18th uh-oh. anniversary broadcast comes to a close. <laughs> yeah, uh, remember uh, remember what three weeks ago when uh, Craven McCarthy, former Squeaker of the House, channeling his inner Richard Nixon, said, "You won't have Kevin McCarthy to kick around anymore." Mm. Remember that. <laughs> no, I'm not running again. I won't run again. Well, 
he's back. So now, so desperate to have his status returned to him, Kevers is now saying uh, that uh, what, 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 what we could do is uh, you could reelect me speaker again, and you could make Jim Jacketoff Jordan assistant speaker. There's no such thing no. as assistant speaker. And, and, and according to NBC News, when they said, well, why is that happening now? Uh, NBC said, a GOP lawmaker replied, we're desperate. What? Damn. Oh, my God. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's a meter. You did not say that. That's fucked up. We're now, desperate. Come on. Uh, no, okay, so I'm wrong. They actually said that shit lot, out loud. At one, That's at, how fucking... At one point in time, <laughs> at one point in time, Nancy Pelosi was speaker, and Catherine Clark of, I think, Massachusetts was assistant speaker. And apparently today, when they had their little double secret probation <laughs> chapter meeting of Kappa Kappa Kappa... <laughs> Uh, Kevers McCarthy uh, went all the pieces <laughs> behind closed doors. Behind closed doors, uh, NBC said Kevers melted down. He had two outbursts behind closed doors today that were about his objections to quickly moving to nominating a vote for Mike Johnson. Because God Almighty, he just wants to be Speaker some more. Damn it! Suppose... He is just what he appears to be, a weak-ass man. He's, he is. Uh, he's, he's, he's a weak... He's otherwise pitiable. He may as well have a put... I mean, what is wrong with him? I mean, at this point, he didn't wake the fuck up? Is he married? Does, I mean, who are his friends? I mean, seriously. Motherfucker well, just told pretty, you you piece of shit. I, I don't. I don't. What? I don't. I don't think. I don't think that's going to win over the mutineers. No, it's not. And that's it's what not I'm gonna, saying. It's he not, doesn't it's even understand gonna, it's, that. It's not going to get him 211 Democratic votes either. He will never get those votes. That stupid ass. Listen. Then this is the other thing I wanted to ask you because first of all, how stupid. Well, anyway, he doesn't. He is in over his head. He, uh, he you know, um, and, and you know what? Uh, I don't know if he, I don't know if he's misogynistic or not, but you know, a lot of a lot of men have a problem because Nancy is just the best at what she does. I mean, that's just the way it is. They suck it up. Too bad. You know, everybody can't do everything. Everybody's not a good mason. It takes, you know, work. You got to know what you're doing. Get those lines right. You know, point the point those bricks. So, you know, he can't handle that shit. What the fuck is wrong with him, man? You know, you, sometimes you got to know when to bow the fuck out and, and just move and, and, like, you know, go out with some dignity. He has no fucking dignity. No respect. He's, he's, he's not even Rodney, Rodney Dangerfield. He could be Rodney Dangerfield. And so, what a way to... Uh... So, so, this... What a way Wait, to end the program. It's an important question. No, we can't end yet. This is an important question. A 
is he willing to accept without the rule change? He kind of has to. The one vote he? rule change. Kind of has to. Well, that's somebody. That, that's that way. That's what I'm saying. What, what, what kind of fool is he? You know, like a, a battered, what, battered wife. Oh, please beat me some more. Now, hold on. Hold on. No, damn. Now, hold, hold on. Hold on. Um, because remember at least our working theory. This is all bullshit theater. It is all bullshit. It is. But, but see, he can't get it right, but he just wants he doesn't care. This is oh, just this point. is just an, this is just another yeah. way to burn up two or three more legislative yep. days until they go on vacay. Three days. What's to, our official three days now? to uh, three. No, yeah, two days to vacay. Damn. Hot maggot. Hot maggot. Autumn. Man, they'll be spending that Putin money somewhere in a warm climate while while the Pacific North, Northwest gets battered with cold weather. I mean, they'll be in Cancun or, you know, whoever, the Philippines. Oh, and by, by the uh, way, just another thing to add into the mix. Uh, there is <laughs> uh, there is a hurricane churning along out in the Atlantic Ocean. Her name is Tammy. Tammy. And Tammy is uh, cruising along. She's going to pass by Bermuda, probably hook a little bit north, and may wind up in New Jersey, New York, New England, unless she does something uh, equally weird and just bears down on you know, you, or North Carolina or Virginia. The question is, will uh, will will she weaken into tropical storm status? But hurricane season ain't over yet. And if an ugly and and if an ugly turns up, guess what you're going to need if there are Americans impacted by a storm. Well, you're going to need... We're going to need emergency FEMA funds. Yes, you are. Guess what you can't have if the government is in a state of shutdown. Ta-da! Well, Russia doesn't care about that. Putin don't get no hurricanes. Right. No. Think it through, people. Think it through. Damn. Okay, uh, one last cowbell for uh, Matt in San Francisco. <coughs> McCarthy. You just know he has a monthly debit from his bank account for Detra the Dominatrix. Lord, yes. <laughs> but at least he's not. Uh, but but at least he's not doing it on Venmo, and at least she's not under age. Damn, that sounds a little real. I don't know. I, I'm thinking that's kind of real. Oh, no, no, no. Mm. 
Now, uh, Craven McCarthy gives off a real hit me, beat me, make me write bad checks, call me Edna kind of vibe. He 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 uh, he he needs to learn how to put his pants on. I mean, you know, speaker, put some bass in your voice, even if you fake it. <laughs> Wait a minute, he's whining. That's your own cowbell. Put some bass in your voice, for God's sakes. I mean, he's a fucking whiner. Nobody likes a whining ass man. Period. If you appear to be a man, don't fucking whine. I don't know. Nobody maybe likes maybe, that maybe, maybe maybe this maybe maybe I'm entirely wrong, and tomorrow. We'll get Craven McCarthy again, and I swear, so I, and I swear to again? God, I swear to God, if they have a ballot, whoever stands up to nominate Hakeem Jeffries, better start with y'all funny. You know that y'all funny. Yeah. Hey, wait a minute! At the same time, Biden is looking more presidential by the nanosecond, and Hakeem Jeffries looks like. I'm sorry that you don't like his name. It sounds Muslim. That's a lot of it. Is that he's got that Muslim sounding name to, to a lot um, of people in America? They don't understand. It. There's a lot of people that have that kind of name, and it don't mean shit. So what? Your people named their kids. That's the whole generations of people named Takima and Haquan and Well, Hashan. I mean, look at the, mean, just, look, look at look at look at how many look at how many uh, white folks there are named out of the Old Testament. You know, white, non-Jewish, non-Semitic people. You know, hell, we had a, that's the other way. See, we had we had a president once with a Jewish name, Abraham. Oh, oh, that's uh oh, oh, he dropped the bowling ball on somebody's head on hell. That's good. Go ahead, go ahead, Robin. Go, girl. Okay, so I have happy I have happy news. TJ's what? Uh, uh, T, TJ's clean the ketchup off the wall challenge has been met. So we will there be, we go. We will be we will be current in the morning or in, the, in tomorrow evening. Uh, for it's everything all the way for real. No, we'll be current for everything but this week and into next week. So all we got to do is keep up, and we will finish October. Fully funded. You got to feel good about that. That's a you huge. That's a huge relief, and there is going to be a, there. There is going to be some hellacious bill paying going on as soon as this program closes and I get back from the bathroom. So, a whole lot of bill paying going on. I got to get out of here, Todd. You take care. All right. Give him a chance. <laughs> Give him a chance. All right. Talk to you later, Todd. See ya. Bye. That is fantastic. Thank you all so much for getting us almost current. That's a big, 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 big deal. And thanks, you know, just as Todd and I were talking, I was thinking a little bit. Eighteen years ago today, I had no idea. If the little the, the little nestling we were kicking out of the nest would even fly or just plummet to the earth. It flew. At one point in time after the after we got started, we we were producing 
I think two hours short of the same amount of progressive, high-quality radio programming that Air America was producing, just two hours less. And there were amazing people in that effort. And I would be highly remiss if I did not mention uh, my best friend, Annette, who was instrumental in those couple of years where we ran all of that programming. It would start at 4 o'clock in the afternoon and it would go to 1 a.m. And she was a big part of that. At least one of those people is no longer with us who made up that lineup and I miss him every day. Peter Godbold. He taught me to build computers. That was something on October the 24th, 2005 that I never thought I would have to do. But he was patient and he taught me how to do it. And the computer that we use now, I built with the kind help of our buddy uh, Fab. And that's why it's the Fab machine. He provided the wherewithal for me to be able to buy, uh, to, to build a computer when we would have otherwise been off the air. This is 18 years of an exercise in community and kindness. 18 years of a, of, of, of a desire for content that is not driven by a need to turn an, to turn a listening audience over to the tender mercies of people selling super beats or buy gold now. This is about the least profit-driven, the least capitalist broadcast effort in the country. That's why we're not on YouTube. That's why we're not monetized. That's why everything that happens here is a gift. And it's a community that we have all built together. So thank you for these 18 years. And like Darlene said, onward to 20. And I'd like to see us hit the 25-year mark because then I can uh, play one of my favorite drive-by trucker songs, Hell No, I Ain't Happy. The opening line, the opening lines of which are, there's a lot of bad wood underneath the veneer. She's an overnight sensation after 25 years. 18 years ago, we were using that song to close the program. Because 18 years ago, that line meant an awful lot to me. So thank you. Thank you to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thank you to our a la carte contributors. And with all the sincerity in my being, thank you to each and every one of you who have shared the precious finite time of your life engaging in this conversation. To those who are gone, you live on in our memory and in the continuing conversation here. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. There have been many over the years. 
Thank you to Roger. Thank you to Brother Bishop Steve. Thanks to our news ninjas. Hi, Gene. Hi, Ann, across the pond. Thanks to Brother Deacon Asa. Head on dot live. I mentioned <laughs> boosting the ratings at that little uh, at that little radio station when we started streaming. And uh, Brother Deacon Asa said, "Well, I mean, there were only three people listening to that station before you walked in." That's called damning with faint praise. And then this. Don't bust the orange tards balls, Brother Deacon says, over the Victor Orban crack. It's easy to confuse the two countries. You eat turkey when you're hungry. Moan, moan, moan. So uh, please like and subscribe to the podcast. Please leave a comment. I hope you enjoyed this program. I hope you enjoy them all. Tell your friends and neighbors. Let's grow this community. Involve more people in being so far out in front of the curve that it's like we're on straight road. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. I think of you every day. I hope you're doing good. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. A week ago, 18 years ago, Ben was sitting here setting up the streaming and teaching me how to run it. He's been a dear friend for a very long time. And billions and billions of hours of progressive radio served. And at one point in time, I don't think progressive radio would have gone anywhere were it not for the kind offices of Ben Birch and the White Rose Society. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, crmw.net, 20 plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia. And I'm proud to say a proud union shop. I became involved with them at about the same time that this program started. And I'm proud of the fact that I've devoted more time to talking about the Appalachian apocalypse than any other broadcaster on planet Earth. So stay stay safe, y'all. Get your booster. Get your RSV and your flu shot. Wear your mask when you're around groups of more than five, especially if they're maggots, especially if they're in a courtroom in New York with no masks. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer, carry it with you, pocket or purse. Maintain your social distance as best you can. And for God's sakes, if counsel for the parking garage says, I don't want to use that microphone. The AG lawyers talked into it. And ain't got a mask on. Well, avoid Alina Havana Havana Havana. Like the plague.
because she is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. I love you, Wayne. Later. <laughs>